0: Mantic Games, Mantic Games, Minis all the year. Morgoth's mad and Jarvis is good and Undead's still OP. Night Stalkers, Northern Alliance, what's your favourite race? Clem Waloney, play 10 mil and Mantic fits the bill. Great!
1: the mantic universe podcast i'm chris and as ever i'm joined by my good friend clem hi everybody uh steve hildrew will be joining us shortly but he's pulling his marilyn monroe act and isn't here yet mark was on and may join us later but he's just very very busy and with the time difference we can't say we blame him right clem to be fair
2: i mean he's supposed to be at work so i guess uh yeah if he could take three or four hours out of his work day to his busy uh, work
1: day Talk to with
2: with friends, it would be a bad sign for his work. So yeah, good. Yeah, good good job
1: explaining that to your boss. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good, Uh, super. So a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, Oh, sorry. Let's do the on the on the menu. Why not? Sure. So what what are we talking about today? So welcoming on the the usual, right? we're doing that, yeah, the usual. The usual. Oh, and Clem, we haven't mentioned. So we've got to refer to this now as a MUP monthly episode. To differentiate it between the uh, the month shorts we do, and we've done a lot of them.
2: Yeah, I think the month shorts is uh, like as Mark explained, more the thematic episode. Like there's one topic we want to discuss, focus, we invite um, yeah specific guests uh, really just to talk about this topic. And uh, the the Mup monthly is like the good old episode that we've been doing for a year now, more than a year,
1: year and a half, buddy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm. Yeah. Fantastic.
1: So yeah, this is a, what we're calling a MUP monthly. So, welcoming on the menu, do our introductions. Mantic News, our Warpath Firefight, our Warpath Dead Zone, our Panathor Kings of War. Pan-a-law, we de- Clem, we don't have any Panalore, We've been too busy, unfortunately, so yeah, no well, one's we- done any reading.
2: Just to have a pointer for uh, preparation for the Warpath Epic game, uh, Mantic is a cool website with a bunch of lore that I haven't had time to read yet. Otherwise, I would uh, give you guys a summary. But anyway, we'll see that later. maybe next month, huh? Right, and it'll be closer to the um, the
1: Kickstarter then, so you know, yes. maybe better timing. Yep, super. And then topic of the month, and we're going to talk about our fast grow project. All gas and no breaks once more, Clem. Pretty much, we can't get enough of it, can we?
2: i think it's just a good way to uh, motivate the local group it certainly works for my local group these days so yeah that's a cool thing to discuss
1: so let's play through the housekeeping stuff then so don't forget dear listener the mantic web store discount code which will be good for a few weeks is universe 15 and we also have FastMup 15 they're one per customer so for the baskets so we've got two so remember to use both up
2: wait is the um, universe 15 still good
1: i don't you guys know it. i don't know try it you should try it yeah try it just try it just try it dear listener and let us know on the facebook group or email uh super and then very quickly game map eu 11 percent discount mup 11 they make amazing clan we played it with it this weekend amazing pre-painted um sci-fi terrain it's my favorite terrain it, it's gorgeous stuff They. it is
2: absolutely Gamer. awesome yes yes
1: yeah absolutely awesome baron of dice they're the rolls royce of dice use the code mantic universe for five percent discount on their web style clem you just got your baron of dice finally
2: i have them and uh they're twilight king themed so that'll be perfect yeah no really really nice they're very crisp good quality love them
1: yeah it's the guy i didn't realize dice could be that nice you know it's just it's a little thing but boy they are
2: stunning dice it's, you actually use it all the time when you play games, right? And so having them of good quality really does something to your experience. Um, it's like the Dungeon Saga stuff, you know? Like the, the normal Dungeon Saga tiny dice or kind of eh uh, the low-cost dice. The new one has better dice and suddenly it's a better game. It's stupid. It but is.
1: That's the true. experience is better. Yeah, exactly. Corvus Terrain, everyone get over to Corvus Terrain. They've just actually they've just introduced some really gorgeous files, which are basically rocks which perfectly fit Dead Zone. So, you know, what a great idea. Um and use the code MUP uh sorry MUPodcast fifteen uh, at the checkout to get fifteen percent off. And as I always ask, dear listener, where you're listening to this, if you can give us five stars, if you can write us a little review, that would be fantastic. It helps the show a lot, and we'd appreciate it. Um, at this point, at this point, I wanted to say some nice things about Mark, but he's not here to to hear them, so all the better. <laughs> all the all the better. So let's move on to. So if he joins, I'll, I'll I'll cycle back to that, dear listener. So let's move on. So we've had a we've had. Um, some lovely professional new logos designed and uh we've got a, a sci-fi one it, you know basically it turns out our our mascots are are now a dwarf and a zombie right clem so we've got a sci-fi one we've got a panathol one so it, we've uh, we've asked the dear listeners on the facebook group to name the two characters um now so clem you and i are now going to decide who wins this competition i'm going to automatically discount chris and clem as an option right yeah, because it's too obvious that it's too obvious. what it is, right? Is too on the nose? No that one will was my
0: say. Suggestion.
1: Hi, Steve. Guys.
0: Oh, Hi, Steve.
1: Steve. here you are. Have you been on the call the whole time, just pretending you're not there? Is this, <clears> uh... No, I
0: just I just arrived. I've just arrived. Hello.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Steve, hang on, I've got a bit planned. Okay, ready? Oh. So. Oh, joining us, dear listener, is a man so hot he must be coming out of the abyss itself,
0: or at least an abyss. Steve, how is Birmingham? that's no way to talk about my mother anyway <laughs> good thanks I'm not in Birmingham I'm somewhere else in the country so oh, nice are you allowed to tell us where um, or is it secretive? for reasons of personal security it's no it's no way. it's no way. I'm in a hotel I'm, I just um I just uh said goodbye to a bunch of corporate colleagues I'm not a corporate thing and I said I've, I said very importantly I've got a call I've got to go and uh I picked up a plate of food and, and uh, came to my room for my very important business call, which is and
1: didn't elaborate. Yeah, exactly. I refused to, to elaborate. <laughs> very wise, buddy. Very wise. Mm. Super. So, Steve. So we were just saying how we've um, excluded. So it's the name the com- name the mascot competition. We've already excluded your answer, which is Chris and Clem, and also I feel like if it's for example Noddy and Big Ears, they're already a thing in something else. So you know, let's let's also exclude that one. Um, so let's go through the the answers. So Grim and Barrett is one from Dan. Grim is the dwarf and Barrett is the zombie. Um, ben Stoddard has come up with Stunty and Sniffles. I quite like that one. Stunty is obviously the Forgefather, thanks. Uh, Fred has come up with Stone, Grim and Rottie, which I like. Noddy and Big Ears, sorry, Peter, we're going to have to exclude that one. You know, I, I'm sure that the big money on Noddy nowadays, I'm sure they sue everybody. Uh, Bill Kurd has come up with uh, Rocky and Stumbles, which which I like. Joe McLaren, Minty and Stodge. Again, I like that one, too. Basically, I like all of them. Uh, Smithy and Brain or Mr. Brainy and Brock and uh, Squeaky McSqueak has come up with Axe and Orty. So, Steve, what do you
0: think? I like uh, Grim and Barrett. I thought that was good. I say it's, it's half a pun and uh yeah it makes it sound like a comedy duo they're gonna have a comic strip uh based on based on these two characters getting into hijinks you know i think it'd be great potentially like yes that, say,
1: for
2: them clem what do you think mm, i don't know that's a that's a good one i also liked uh mr brainy and brock this i like sounds- mr
1: brainy and brock yeah, Sounds I like Mister cool. Brainy and Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got to be honest. I think that gets that gets my vote, unless anyone's got anything. I mean, they're all pretty good, I would say. Um, but yeah, Mister Brainy and Brock. I'm, I'm happy with that. Which one is Mr. Well, Brock, Brock is surely the dwarf. Is I mean, it Mister oh, Brainy because you can see his brains?
0: Oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense actually
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I think, you know, I think there's there's going to be limited extra appeal in us talking about this any longer. So I think, should we get, yeah, congratulations, Martin Hawke, who I believe lives in Berlin, Clem. He is absolutely
2: uh, living in Berlin. Uh, Excellent. A good buddy so,
1: here. Congratulations.
2: Where did he win? Uh, fame, I believe. Because uh, glory. He wants to write, uh, he writes short stories, uh, like uh, he wrote a few for OPR and for other game systems and so fame and glory is perfect for him
1: oh and we also had a much smaller competition and and we had far fewer entries but we had one good one so that was perfect asking what our new strapline is because obviously over the last year and a half we just asked guests say something wacky for our a kind of a tagline or a strapline for us um and you know they're quite varied you know everything mantic under the sun that's fine something about balls um you know um so um yes very kind listener of the pod um and i can't pronounce his name so i'm not even going to try but he's in ireland he has um come up with a you know well he's he's suggested the terry pratchett line so much universe so little time or something of that nature so next time we get a you know we get ronnie on or someone of that nature we're going to have to ask him to say that line so congratulations the person whose name i didn't try and pronounce apologies <laughs> super uh, we also have a discord server to do our um, painting we are a little bit behind schedule if i'm honest and we did say we would do uh, a kind of uh, charity thing with palace of war i think to be honest it's going to be we all go on we all paint a model like a hero model and scott decides which which is the best one and then maybe they win something painted by scott it's going to be something of that nature but we haven't really thought it out thought it through to be quite honest dear listener
2: I mean the end of the year is always a very busy period and so things will need to calm down a little bit and then we'll have a bit more time to get back to do some hobbying and uh, also look into this type of stuff but uh, yeah join us on the discord I think Chris you posted the link uh, all around Facebook which I did I might I try and visit, visit it. these days and uh, it'll be in the show notes I guess as well so yeah
0: Yep. Uh, fantastic and just a heads up everyone Sorry, uh, contender for our catch line should be a catchphrase. Should be uh, we haven't really thought it through, which is. Uh, <laughs> I, I
1: thought you, a while ago you suggested we don't know what the f we're talking about. I mean that <laughs> it says it all, doesn't it, Steve? To be honest. Also true. Also true. It's when you come on and you know you're sort of like no, no, guys, I don't know what I'm talking about. When we're like no, no, you're our expert, Steve. Oh, you know? you're like, Jesus. You know you're the guy after the apocalypse who can put a put a plaster on you know you become the town doctor or something and you're like but i can only put a plaster on i don't know what i'm doing but compared to us that's you know that's magic you know that's incredible wow Sure,
0: sure, sure.
1: good good super um good and uh there's coming soon there's going to be a kings of war survey and uh you know they'll be asking for feedback from everybody so you know keep your eyes peeled for that dear listener super. By Mantic, you-, you mean like mentic is circulating this yeah, it was um, it was mentioned by someone in the community. I'm not sure whether it's an official Mantic thing, but it's a big. It's going to be a big thing. If I'm completely honest, a, a gun to the head. I'm not sure if it's official, but it's at uh, least yeah. semi-official.
2: I would say. Didn't they do one a year ago as well? Right, I think so. I think I, think so. I remember entering a long form by Mantic, and I, I like it. I think it's all uh, in caps, Clem. Yeah, because you are answering everything in caps. You know, absolutely. no punct- no punctuation, as yeah, angry but, as possible they they actually do listen when you uh, you say something so it's interesting and uh feels uh, worth your time to give some feedback
1: yeah absolutely oh skype is telling me to let everyone know you're being recorded guys you're all being recorded um just so you know uh, super what this is outrageous um super so um that's killed the that's killed the pace of it stone dead hasn't it so uh mantic mantic news hey guys uh steve have you been on the companion recently um if you've got a companion gold sub um you know subscription there was three free pdfs did you see what it was
0: i I did see it but only because i'm in a chat group with some people who are apparently obsessed with pdfs as in they've asked for nothing more nothing less Nothing more. Nothing less. They just ask constantly for PDFs, like for the past six months, because allegedly Mantic promised these at launch of version three million years ago, and they've been constantly haranguing them ever since. So they're all like, utterly delighted to finally receive the PDFs.
2: Oh, that's great! I wasn't part of the group, but I am delighted. And uh, it's not allegedly they definitely did uh, promise that.
0: Yeah, they did. But um <clears throat> so I, I've noticed it, I've not downloaded them because um, I'm very lazy. And I only play Kings of War, and all the rules are in the companion. But for people that do like PDFs, it's very exciting. I understand. I very much do like PDFs. I mean, it's amazing. It's it's
1: basically the all the the latest rules for their three most popular games, include you know for quote unquote free. I mean, we were paying it anyway, right? So, it's that's a really really nice little extra thing to have. It's not like they're just giving us a copy of Halpie's riff now. Do you know what I mean? It's really relevant. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah, good.
2: So I mean, the, yeah, people buy money. people buy these files normally, right? And so just with the value of these three files, it pays for your gold subscription for the whole year. So you get so much value out of it. And uh, I know you are a power gamer, uh, Steve, but you know there's fluff also in the Clash of Kings book, right? It wasn't well, in the companion.
0: Completely. Completely. I have a paper copy of the classical thing. So naturally, I've been reading The Fluff every evening by my bedside to learn all about okay. Lafiel and uh, Mikhail and their hijinks in this. So it's good. Oh, we will, inter- inter- we will yes, inter- I...
2: interrogate you about it during the panel. That's our panel, panel section. Which sure, yeah. We should do
0: ourselves. Let me just go read my PDF. Hold on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Great. Um, so Dungeon Saga Origins is shipping at the moment. Rather hilariously, in Germany, we got everything except for the core game so we very excitedly and then I was looking through everything going am I missing something and then it turns out the distributor just didn't pack the core box so I can imagine just imagine their warehouse where they're right we're ready to go and then they have this massive you know 200 copies of the the, you know the the base game this massive box all piled up going ah that's probably nothing to worry about no worries we've done our job you know Uh, but to be fair to them they got it out in about two days after we let Mantic know there was an issue so uh, that's good Um, so I'm sure we can talk more about Dungeon Saga a, a little bit later steve did you back it it's kings of war adjacent
0: um no um, I, I kind of thought about it but then i looked at my unopened copy of the league of infamy uh, with all his expansions just cost me a horrific amount of money and i remembered that i spend money on things that i never open and i felt sad around my life and uh, my friend russell bought it and he's been he's busy painting up every he wants to paint up every mini in the box before it's played i do that normally to be honest yeah yeah he's working his way through them and he's a (coughs) superb speed painter so uh i i i I didn't back it but i'm fully supportive guys thumbs up
1: super yeah i mean it very much is something you can play with your kids legitimately super that's great um super we we recorded a mub short about it so you guys should go and listen to it as well yeah, please do, do listener, and you too, Steve. Um, you yeah, know, we yeah, we could do with the listeners. But um, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we'll accidentally talk about it on this pod anyway. To be fair, super. So, um bah, 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 Yeah, we we really like it.
2: Um, I mean, the retail value is uh, going to be fifty pounds, from what I could see online, which I think is a very good price point. And that's just and, for the uh,
1: undead campaign, right?
2: Right. That's for the the whole of the core games, or so the undead minis and the heroes and uh sure once you're like if you got the kickstarter version you get all four campaigns in one but uh i so don't know how many people will quality. finish even the first campaign Totally, right? totally and you're you're going to
1: attract a whole new much bigger audience if you're asking for 40 pounds or 50 euros or whatever right yeah it's a, it's, it's a board game super um no that's really really good ambush new boxes and starter um yeah uh, i've got to be honest i've seen the bas- the basalians but so the forces of nature one i think is okay if you're a new player they they're very useful sprues so having naiads, having salamanders that's useful the basalian oh, one i don't really get if i'm completely honest spearmen and crossbowmen that's all you've got you're not going to be able to kick bash a hero out of that really i mean it's a bit meh steve have
0: you seen this yeah. So the, 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 the Bassanian sprue, right? So the Spearman, Swordsman and Crossman is one sprue. You get them from the same sprue. So you can make whatever you like out of it.
1: Right. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, fair enough. It's better than I thought it was then. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, so, so it's the
2: same for the Abyssal Dwarves, right? It's just uh, you have 40 models that could be assembled as decimators or whatever is the non-shooty one. Oh, that's and fair so that's, okay. better, that's better than the old boxes, or like regiment boxes that were basically the same price. Right, So in that regard, it's a big improvement. Uh But then I I feel like the Forces of Nature and Basilia boxes, these are not really what you want in uh, Forces of Nature or a Basilia list. So uh, they might be not the absolute best starting point for a new player with uh, either of these two armies. So that's my only concern with these. Otherwise, yes, they're a good way to get cheaper sprues, and that's always good.
1: And Glenn, um, the two-player Ambush starter box... You may as well just get two different ambush
2: boxes. Yeah, I think they really should have made it a a tiny bit uh, cheaper because right now it's 80 euros, which is basically the price of both uh, ambush boxes. So you don't get that much by getting the starter, right? Uh, If they made it 60 euros, then it would definitely be great value. Or Clem,
1: they should just put the price of the ambush starters up because they're such good value
2: right no i don't think so because i think the whole point of the the ambush starters is that they're so cheap that the people will actually get one and, and try it out and have a look and they are still printing money with them right because it's only plastic sprues and plastic sprues cost nothing to manufacture once you've invested in the molds and so for mantic if they can sell five times more plastic sprues they will make five times more money almost like not just in revenue but in profit, and so I think having that these ambush boxes at a relatively low price points is uh, is really a genius move, and it's really important to hire new players for the game. Um, yeah, I just I just think the the starter could be slightly cheaper, and uh, and for them it would not make a big difference, right? Because it is still just plastic sprues in, inside. And so they're still printing money when they sell this one. So even if it was 60 euros, there would be, I think, from what I understand, it would still be a good deal for them. And they would sell a lot more of these. So arguably, they will make more money with this starter if it was 60 euros rather than 80. That's my opinion.
1: Super. And then just moving things along. So Warpath Epic, Epic Scale is coming to kickstart in the new year, probably February. Um, yeah, they're announced
2: mid-February, right? I think. Yeah, the, think so. The, the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, I mean, the, they've, they've been posting uh, one article a week to give us details about how the rules work, what the models are, and so on. And uh, so far, so good. I mean, it's 10 millimeters, so automatically, I'm in love. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now it's, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see the whole range rescaled in a smaller size and uh, can't wait to see it
1: excellent and the walking dead is coming back that was always a fantastic game so i'm very happy to see that and they they left it in a slightly strange place um so there's more stories to be told there's more models and i, I really liked their kind of their business model for that as well all of, of the way they were selling it was you know you sort of buy these character boosters which were you know maybe 15 pounds or something for an extra character you get their little model you get their card etc and maybe a couple of extra items in there. it was it was a cool way to do it um it's, it's a really really good game we'll have to give it a go at some point clem and being you know being able to build like post-apocalyptic tables is really really cool and um yeah so i'm i've got a, a huge collection of that so i'm sure we'll uh, use that as an excuse to get that out at some point that's fantastic
0: I wonder why they cancelled it in the first place.
1: The um the con they had a five year contract with Skybound and it expired, oh. and I think they just decided you know writing up a whole new contract is probably not worth it. But yeah, they I was I noticed that the Walking Dead dice game came back, um and I thought that was kind of interesting. I, I did spect- I did mention to Ronnie actually at Cl- when we were at Clash of Kings. So I went, Ooh, does this mean Walking Dead's coming back? And he let's say, didn't say no. <laughs> so, um, no, it's great. It's a really, really good game, actually. It's fantastic. It's simple, but very, very the rules are perfectly baked into the theme, you know, um, so your characters can panic, and it's really, really good. It's really fantastic.
0: Hey there, I'm Brian. And I'm Rick. From Dead Zone, the podcast. And you're listening to Mantic Universe Podcast.
3: For
1: everything Mantic under the sun. The vault stuff. Cool as always it's written here. Elves, lots of them. Steve, what's what's uh, I've not seen this. What's the elves?
0: Oh, it's and they put dracons in the vault. Um, <clears throat> which was hilarious. They put a tree herder, dracons, um, and then a bunch of characters. Who are these guys? There's the elf, um what's name? Armada. Square kin folks, right? Isn't it? So there's no, not Twilight Kin at all. It's Twilight, sorry, Twilight Kin boats. You're quite right. Twilight, no, 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 I'm wrong. It's Elf boats off of um, Armada. And then there is um, all the Drakons. So there's three Drakon, uh, resin Drakons you can print, Drakon riders. There's the Elf Drakon Lord, which is like the fourth Drakon. There's a Tree Herder. There's a Twilight Kin Assassin Hero. Um, you can get Lathiel Bleakheart, who's from. Um, League of Infamy. Um, and then you've got a Soulbane upgrade and the Twilight King Summoner. So a bunch of Twilight King heroes. Um, and then there is an Asterian Nastanza.
1: Oh, interesting. I know what that is. Um, I think it's, uh, to be honest, I find it a bit difficult to conceptualize. I think it's basically
0: a command tank or something like that. No, it's that. a sniper. It's a sniper. It's, an it's it a sniper? Person. Ah, okay.
1: Interesting. But essentially,
0: no, this is it's all the cool Twilight King characters that you can't get. Um so it's like the the final bits of Twilight King. So all the cool Twilight King characters from League of Infamy, then all of the Dracons, and bear in mind, dracons are fiercely expensive if you wanna buy them. So this is I like, fully
1: support the idea of people at least having to spend a load of money if they're gonna have a load of dracon spam. <laughs>
0: It's just like Hell Strikers. I'm going to have to make an army of Drakons now. It's insane. And then the Tree Herder, which is one of the most powerful monsters you can get in the game. Um, great, well, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great model. Very, very terrifically difficult to paint because I've painted one. Um, but you can print one now, which is fine. I'm looking. It's very, very spindly. So good luck trying to print that, guys. Um, Brilliant. And a bunch of boats. So yeah. It's I've hardly,
1: there. I've hardly actually. I mean, I've been with the Vault since the beginning. But I've hardly actually asked um, anyone to print something for me because I don't have a Risen printer. But I think uh, our good friend Manuel has has got three. um, Oh, God, what are they called? The Night Stalker Mind Screech. I think he's got three Mind Screeches in the post for me. Bless him. So I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on those ones.
0: They also added, um, now they're calling it a bust to the Welcome Pack.
1: Oh, Steve, now's your moment. OK, uh, OK, well, I'll put myself on mute, right? Just get yourself
0: comfortable. <laughs> I have tried to like it. I've tried really hard. So we asked for busts, right? So people don't know. I'm not talking about boobs. I'm talking about, like, the head and shoulders of a miniature made big. So you can paint it with loving detail and tension, right? And what they've given us is the Twilight King Navigator. They've kind of scaled up the 28mm miniature and then they've just cut off its um legs and one of its arms. Um and the problem with 28 mil, so 28 mil miniatures are made to be impactful at 28 mil. Right? And what that means is their hands are massive. So if you scale them up to be big enough to be a quote unquote bust, although it's not big enough to be a quote unquote bust, it's actually anyway, um the hand is bigger than the head and its arms are, are like Popeye. It's got these weird flat arms with lumps. And so it's you see the Navigator Mini. It's like um it's like a it's a it's a lady um wearing essentially a fanged bikini, and then she's got a hat on with a giant eye on it, and then behind her, sprouting out of her back, are these giant bony appendages with like a skin stretched between them. So things I like about it because I, I don't dislike all of it. I like the fact it's got this big kind of sail behind her because you can do freehand on that, right? So you can do some pretty freehand. You can make it look really cool however the actual miniature itself totally lacks any of the detail you would want in a bust to paint because what you want is something that's kind of full of details you can really go to work on the skin this is just like smooth surfaces that are just a bit lumpy and um, the face lacks detail the, the you can see how cartoony the body is when it's grown up this this big which is you know it's fine on 28 mil but uh, this big and I, it's not great you know it's got to print it's very difficult because it's very thin um, it's got a little like very thin arms, got thin appendages. So there's, I, it's, you know, just a little bit disappointed if I'm honest. You want a bust to be, a, you know, put, give us Grockermanmok's head. You know, come on, give us um or Mikhail's like um armoured top half. These iconic characters that are part of the Kings of War mythos, right? People you actually want or Nias Celestus, give us his face. Give us a character full um basilean face so we can really go to town on painting skin tones that's what busts are about not you know this lady who's barely at 54 mil if that anyway but i printed it anyway because i did i went to clive and i tried to tell him but clive's not someone you can really tell um he just got upset with me and for then, his
2: defense, you sound very passionate about hating what he's done when he was just trying to give you guys what you wanted.
0: Yeah, I get that. I get that. and I, I, I understand that. But, you know, if you're going to do something for, to, to show the quality of your product, do something that shows the quality of your product.
2: Right. So I, this is. I, I, I mean, as you just said, right, like a bust is just an entirely different product in the first place. Like you need to rescalt the whole thing entirely. And it's a, it's a
0: different you, thing
2: from scratch.
0: Yeah. I think that's a fair challenge, Clem, and I will take that challenge. And I, 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 I think i just. I think I would be I, less negative if the reception I'd had to my criticism was more positive. Right.
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. But so what you're saying is the Clash uh, 24 um, Top Trophy will be a bust that you paint?
0: <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah. the Clash 24 Trophy is the is the mind screech scaled up um which we've taken and scaled up to, to to as as big as we can print and it looks very cool um but not this one but you know I painted it I think it's fun I am I, I'm enjoying painting it I, the more I paint it the more I kind of get annoyed with the details of it which is um which is fine but I, yeah it'll look nice I just um I just wish it was I just wish it was it was better and um, they you know there's some great minis there I think. And, and I'd like to see more. I hope they do more. I hope they don't take my criticism to heart. Not that he pays any attention to me or anyone really uh, pays any attention to me. But, you know, I think it could be better. So let's let's drive ever onwards, guys.
2: Uh, sound, it sounds like uh, we should organize um, like a poll to see what which bust people would want to see and recommission one or something. Ooh. Right. And uh, you make I'm sure you can come up with a nice list of stuff that would make a great bust. Yeah, and then have the community decide which one we really want, and uh, maybe it could be like a six months reward for the vault or something like that. But that they actually invest some scrolling time into it.
0: Yeah. So I I think think it as ch- far
2: as, sorry, Steve. As far as
1: I'm concerned, it's I, I, I get what you're saying. It's not really a bust, um, but all the other stuff you mentioned before you mentioned the bust is amazing, right? Dracons, elf ships all the stuff i really care about to be honest to me the bust is kind of an extra thing that i probably wouldn't bother with um but i suppose if you're going to do something it's better not to do it rather than to sort of do a uh you know uh do not do it properly if that makes sense but uh,
0: let me say some positive things about the vault i am the vault's biggest fan holy cow out of my relatively tiny subscription i'm just scrolling down from that page for the welcome pack and seeing how much ridiculous stuff we've got for for tuppence hate me. you know we've got we've got the um, aeronauts there i've got the whole rat tangle. i've got a death engine i've got um every armada fleet i've got soul flayers i've got fiends I mean, you, it's ridiculous the amount of stuff they've given. It's absolutely outrageous. Snow trolls? Sure, just have some snow trolls. Have an Infernox. Have like every resin miniature. Have Dracons and Soul Flayers and um Empire Dust um Worm Riders. Good golly, it's insane. I, I tell you, um, we'll come onto it in our and sl- our fast grow, but the only reason I've bought a bunch of Mantic miniatures is so I can upgrade them with the free resin bits I've free, quote unquote, I've got from the vault. So as a marketing, absolute genius. and, and you know I will never complain about the sheer volume and quantity of stuff they give us. Just and they're not just—they're
1: not just giving us, you know, sort of random bits and pieces. It's stuff people really want as well. It's mm-hmm. you know just the really important, difficult to get stuff. So absolutely fantastic.
2: So Yeah, I agree. I think one um, one criticism I think is um, I wish like the the um, expansion bits, like you know the the resin bits to upgrade the plastic sprues, I think they would I, I would hope they release those ones faster because people need them right now and i love the rest that they release as well but um yeah from a purely utilitarian perspective i would rather see uh, the the bits be available and although i love paying the reduced price monthly to have a growing uh, collection of it and i understand that it's uh, probably good for them to have a recurring revenue right like I don't know how many subscribers they have, but I'm sure this gives them a bit more safety against bombing releases. Uh, but I, I wish you could just buy some STRs from them, right? Like, um, well, I'm, I th- I'm already I think done.
1: It's coming, right? I think they're planning on having a store. Sure. Interest. But so you, can, you can buy stuff in
2: the past, right? So the first, they release in the monthly pack first, and then you can buy them later. What I'm talking about is. Sure, it probably takes some effort to properly package everything and so on, but if you could buy right now all of the resin upgrade bits for all of the plastic spruce that they have, I think that would be great. And I would happily pay more money. Uh, like I'm not, I'm done with my ceremonial guards, for example, but um, whoever is doing salamanders now is probably desperately waiting for this to make it to the vault. It might take another six months or a year or who knows.
0: So great That's my I think, you know, if they it, it, what they could say is you can buy all of the any of the resin upgrades for, let's say, I don't know, four ninety nine, right? And you can have any upgrade for four ninety nine, right? Or two ninety nine, or seven ninety nine, or whatever you want a price point they want to put it at, right? Or you can wait for it to be part of your vault subscription, and it will be eventually. But if you want to spot buy them, you can spot buy. I wonder what you can do in the out. army right now. Yeah. They on my mini factory, right? They 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 launched on my mini factory. I think okay.
2: they did. I haven't looked because uh, my understanding is they only sell the stuff that they've previously released in the vault.
0: I'm going to have a look now. Mantic.
2: Maybe we're complaining about something that's entirely wrong and uh, we shouldn't correct ourselves. We'll get some hate mail and that's the best best for content. Oh, Yeah. Vault. And the Mantic Vault, oh no, sorry, the My Mini Factory uh, Ga- uh, Mantic Games account has a few references, but definitely not all of the
1: original yeah, great not bits. Great parts.
0: Only models, actually. Cool. I think we've got to give Steve
1: his uh, Pokemon Go corner now before we move on. Steve, what's happening in the world of Pokemon Go? I've
0: not played Pokemon Go for months and months and months.
1: <sighs> so disappointing.
0: I'm it's so like sorry.
1: our it's like our Armada section, honestly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've um, no, I, yeah, no, sorry. I've, uh, I've been printing things. Well, well I've, I've lost track of the show notes now. I'm too busy. I'm deep into. I'm deep into uh, my mini factory. It's a dangerous place to go. You shouldn't go there. Let me tell you. Yeah, quite right. Quite right.
1: Yeah, super. So let's move on to our war path. Firefights. Uh, oh so-
0: God. In which case?
2: Uh, yeah, we're in your favorite section. You can dive.
1: So back uh, I've
0: got this jiggly puff, and it's uh, <laughs> easy on. for you to say. I'm gonna i gonna have a shower while you're doing this, all right? With your jiggly puff. Yes, sir. See, I've, I've, I've hey, got Jedi, I've sir. got Jedi Outcast. I might play Jedi Outcast uh, while you're talking while you're talking about Firefight, and sure. then uh, I'll come back. Uh, um, That's fine. Just, just pop yourself
1: on mute if you would, Steve. Okay, yeah. Change.
0: It'll be a
2: Brilliant. challenge to get Steve to play a game of Firefight or Dead Zone, uh, Clash or something.
0: I've played Dead Zone. It's all right. I just um.
2: You've only got room for one
1: game.
0: Only got room for one game in my head. Absolutely i heard that fast. somewhere in your heart. No, Steve,
1: why play one game fairly well when, like me and Clem, <laughs> you can play four or five games quite
0: badly and forget the rules between them? I had a very frustrating conversation. I joined a local group which was entitled, I don't know, name of gaming group, Kings of War Channel. My friend invited me and I'm like, yes, let's get some Kings of War games in, lads, and uh, have three guesses about what they the only game they talked about in the Kings of War Channel. The old world, the old world, correct, 100% correct, and this is directly on the back of our conversation about the old boy yesterday. Um, it was quite a frustrating conversation to have, so
2: no. just need different and better friends, uh, Steve. That's all right.
1: Friends,
0: what, what are they? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, people that make fun of you remorselessly. Oh, my family, well,
0: yeah, like that, like that, strangers Similar. in the street. <laughs> Right. so really? talk about your, your pew pew game
1: okay yeah we I, will i actually thought steve was joking that he was going to drop off and play games but now he genuinely was and i respect <laughs> him for that that's fine so uh let's talk about some warpath and uh firefight stuff Clem. so first thing is i put a load of a load more work work into my marauders and forge fathers i'll be honest with my marauders i've just gone in a big circle um so i haven't really made i don't think they look any better if i'm honest i have did all the blue on them and all of the green for the skin and i've just gone in a big loop right which we were talking about in the in the mupp short clem but the forge fathers definitely look a lot better um and i played forge fathers this weekend it's the same style as before it's just i put a bit more love and effort into them right clem so they just look a bit sharper and a bit a bit nicer Super, and yeah, then they, there was... they do. definitely do. Thanks, mate, yeah. And there was the Mantic Black Friday, um, and, yeah, I couldn't resist ordering a GCPS army, so it was the, the army box. It's not called the Mega Army anymore, whatever the army box is. And um, the three tanks, uh, that was too good to pass up, to be quite honest. They might become Maison Labs, who knows, but, I, you know, tick,
2: I've got GCPS army, which I always think is super, super cool. You don't have GCPS yet, right? Like you have a bunch of plague, but you you hadn't bought some GCPS models so far.
1: So I've got enough for probably I've easily got enough for Dead Zone, right? But not enough. Definitely, I didn't have enough for Firefight, whereas now I do. Yeah, super. And Clem, I think you played before you came here and played at, at games this weekend. Yeah, I think you played Game of Firefight.
2: Yeah, I played with, uh, with Vincent, uh, uh, so we played uh, 1,000 points with my GCPS versus his enforcers. And, um, and I think, I was trying to think about it, I think that's the first uh, Commence Protocol game that I played, which is a bit of a shame because I released it a while ago. And I've read the book and was like, mm, I really like what I see. Like they absolutely changed a lot of things here and there while still keeping the core of the game and uh yeah playing it was like just confirmed all of the those impressions because you know when you read the book uh it's hard sometimes to really understand what's going on like i'm not that smart to really uh, project and uh, understand exactly oh this is strong this is bad or this is what i want to do but uh yeah anyway the the impression that we had like when we talked to after the game was uh, they really nailed it in the sense that the enforcers they really feel like enforcers like they are um very clearly elite uh, an elite force but they're also kind of outnumbered and uh yeah you need to play them in a very specific way uh and uh, they also removed a bunch of the bonkers uh, stuff uh and so yeah i think it really is a bright future for firefights uh we need to recruit more players for it, but it's a, such a solid uh, rule set at the moment. I think anyone that actually gives it a serious try uh, will be convinced to uh, get deeper with it. And, uh, yeah. and it's such okay. a
1: clean game that also works at pretty low point levels. I think it will be, if as you say, Clem, if people will actually give it a fair try and just try a demo game, I'm sure people will be hooked because the great game is great,
2: right? Um, it is yeah it's pretty good and already with 500 points you already get a good uh, good game with it we've played 750 all weekend and it's a g- really good size i believe and uh then when we played two vs2 so 1500 per side uh it also is a reasonable amount of time a reasonable amount of stuff on the table so yeah it just uh it works really really well and i'm excited about it yeah uh, and we've
1: Sorry,
2: Clem, go ahead, buddy. I just wanted to mention this. Uh, I'm happy because uh, one uh, more player locally uh, bought the Command Protocol book. And uh, we have a bunch of Dead Zone players now also locally. And I hope that uh, uh, over time the Dead Zone players will realize, oh, I almost already have enough models for Firefight. Why not give it a try and then just expand on top of what they already have. So, yeah, yeah just just works perfectly. We just need more people to do it. Yeah, definitely right, buddy. Yes, we're, we're talking about it now, Clem. So, we
1: dear listener, we recorded a separate MUP short, um, which was about all about our weekend, and we kind of tried something new out, which was recording at the weekend. Um, we had four mics. We, um, we could only get one of them working. We could only get one headset working. Um, but, of course, now i found a load more. But anyway, so we had recording issues, but, you know, it's our first try. It, it sounds okay, actually, Clem, to be honest. I've listened to it back. Um, it sounds fine. And um, I th- it's really interesting. And I think it's really fun to make it like that, because if we come back a week, two weeks later, we've we've forgotten really what happened. So I love being able to record it then and there. And it's kind of you said it, Clem, I think when we are at Clash of Kings, you said, you know, the whole idea of Mupp is it's kind of like it's friends sitting around in the pub talking about. The games they love and the the hobby they love and there's an empty chair there which is for the dear listener right so i think it really leads leans into that so i I really really liked it and i've thought a little bit more about the games as well clem so we had so we we only played two games each in the end so we had four four players um the one game was trent playing the marauders versus gcps and that was a, a bit of a slaughter for the Marauders. But, of course, it was my friend, local friend Mario who really doesn't play much. He he just plays because we're friends, right? I've kind of talked him into it. He does have a good time, but he's not really a, an experienced gamer or anything like that. So I think that game we can probably kind of write off because I think your GCPS list is strong. And, you know, I think that it all fit, it fits together coherently, uh, even at 750 points. Our game, Clem, Was um, Our first game was, was Forge Fathers against Plague, and I was thinking a little bit more about that. So firstly, I wanted to mention that because we played kill, I could kind of stay back. So that really hurt you. If I had to get onto objectives, I couldn't have played as I did. And um, I mean, the list I had was purely because I just I love rockers, right? They're my favourite thing. So I go right, two big book groups of brockers, a brocker leader, and then what else can I fit in the list? And I put in um, one of the, um, the Strider things because just because I think that's cool. I've 120 points. I'm not sure whether it's value. I don't know, but it's but I do like it. I do think it's cool. Um, but it was a list. I had really good fighting and had some really good shooting, even with the militia. If you do steady aim, they're putting out a lot of shots. I can buff it with the command points. I can. So, I think for your plague, Clem, I think it's a really rough ride to be honest. If I think about it logically, because the last thing zombies want to see is just tons of attacks, and that's what I do. You know, no, I don't have tons and tons of AP or whatever, but it's just lots of good attacks. Is it's not what you want to see right so i think i've thought about that a little bit more and i do think it was a rough matchup for you
2: yeah a little bit i mean the other thing that happened was i wrote the list basically in the train on my way to you to you i just grabbed all of my uh, plague that i had available and uh yeah i just decided i want to put two big blobs of zombies and uh they are I think good when you play with objectives, as you mentioned, and if not, they're just kind of useless because they can't really punch much, and um they suffer quite a lot when you try to when you actually punch into them. but uh yeah, I mean, I just need to rewrite the plague list a little bit, and I'm sure the 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 concepts I had in the past was basically everything is just a delivery system for your monsters it still kind of works um it's just like this time i had only two teratons and an aberration which in 750 points is just not enough to actually make a difference right like my aberration in our game um did decent amount of damage but i kind of fluffed the dice also and so you managed to murder him right away and from there, well, the zombies will not take the the ancient or whatever your Strider is called, right? Like Iron Ancestor. Iron yeah. Ancestor, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So from that point, it's a bit uh, it's a bit harder. But yes, yeah, uh, I still think it was an interesting game. Like we had super fun moments. Like uh, I cherished the moments when my mortar, like. Uh, vaporized your broke leader. Like I've I've shot at him for a few turns without doing much and then one turn, boom, four wounds and just wiped and uh, it's kind of funny you know like it made no difference to the game because it was like literally the last action it was right something. at the end
1: right but it was no no yeah. but you you need this you need these little little positives don't you but also there was a couple of points in the game there was one point where i think it was turn 1 where i realized you were spending command points to to make sure you went first next round which is a really smart thing to do and I, oh yeah that's something i should have been doing and then there was a point at which i think it was when you char- you you made a charge with some zombies or whatever it was and then you went, oh, hang on. Do you mind if I take that back? And then you shot right. with your water to put uh, put a pin on the thing you were charging. Yeah. And, and at that point, I thought, ah, now Clem is playing the, playing firefight. You know, that is, you're getting the tactics and you're getting yeah, yeah, yeah. the strategy of this is this is how you. F- Flip things in your favour, you know. And that was that was a really cool moment. But it was, um, I love, and at 750 points, I just love it. It's a pretty quick game. You do have decisions to make, but you don't have, you know, paralysis or anything like that. But it was, um, it was great. I mean, and, and actually, Clem, a lot of the things you were doing was putting me in a tricky position. So at one point you charged, I think it was your zombies or your ghouls. You charged my militia, which were in a building, forcing them out. Because we had, we mentioned it on the other pod, right? We had that key build, destroyed building that I was defending. And I knew if I lost that, I, was go- I think I was going to lose the game, right? So it, we had this really bitter fight. I think... It, Three or four times, we it switched
2: sides. It switched sides. Uh, we were just
1: fighting bitterly, um, and I just just had enough dice to to win. But there was a point at which you attacked my militia, which was in the building. You won the fight, and they had to flee. And then at that point, they were they were pinned and out of position. They didn't have a good view on anything. The survivors. And I think there were only four of them left, but it was like, oh, geez, I'm, I'm in a desperate situation. I need them to do something. What can they do? Because they they can't see anything now. They've had to flee. They don't have a good shot. And um and it was moments like that where I had real moments where I really had to think about, oh God, how am I how am I going to make this work? I need to <laughs> I need to, it's a puzzle I have to solve. It was really really cool. And of course, I just love brokers, right? So you know, yeah. just having loads and loads of brockers running around the table is just Brilliant,
2: fun. I mean, your list is pretty good, right? Like, uh, what's the name of the guys who, uh, um, like, they drop from the sky? Hamathist Drop Troopers. Yeah, these guys
1: are pretty scary. Uh, i say a little bit too good. It's that heavy armor, so you can't... It's very yeah. difficult to kill them back, so I can pick where they come down. But they're okay, horribly expensive, right? They are really expensive, yeah. They are really expensive.
2: So yeah. it is true that it gives you a big advantage because... And no offense, but I think an actually good player can make a lot more out of them because we <laughs> dropped them in a place that was like, oh, great, you put them in my back ah, line. I'm first game, yes. Anyway, so. First game, yes. But second
1: second game
2: second actually second was, game was very significant. No, yeah, 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 yeah. The second game. The first game it was like, oh, good, 300 points in my backline. Well, I'm going to run forward and that's it.
1: <laughs> and... Um, Oh, Clem, um, Clem, can we take a break in a second for like 10, 15 minutes? Is that OK yes, for you? Yes, yes. Um, but I'll, I'll just fin- we'll just finish this uh, this this thought. So, yeah, the first games, I dropped them in your back line. And what I wanted to do was obviously kill something and then tempt your ghouls to charge them to keep your ghouls away from the important fight. But you just ignored them and moved your <laughs> your key assets away from them so they couldn't get them with their only 12-inch shooting. Um, but, yeah, then in the second game, On one flank, we had a ton of cheap infantry. So we had my militia plus a load of cheap GCPS guys. And I think you you and Trent had a really, in the two-player game, you had a a doubles game, you had a really smart plan where you were screening zombies
3: Mm.
1: and shambling forward. And behind them, you had the really, really scary 10 brawlers who easily could have killed all of our stuff there. But I dropped down the hammer fist drop troopers behind them and then killed eight out of the 10. I then hid in a building. So when when I think Trent tried to counterattack with the brawler leader, um, he had a bad time. Well. Yeah, it didn't yeah. go well. And they just, it totally, that one unit totally flipped that that flank, right? You, you basically, it was game over for you on that one.
2: Yeah, it definitely changed the the dynamic there. But I think that's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. It's just we didn't really anticipate or plan for it. This is
1: Ronnie Renton, and you are listening to the Atlantic Universe podcast. So we're back. We're still talking about Firefight. So, Clem, let's... I think we're basically weren't we done with firefight? There's one thing I wanted to discuss with you, Clem. Now it's taken more time to settle, right so the the Tron tech, they were in a very bad situation when the story started, right they were they were the patsies, you know they were they were the mark in the first game, they got mostly slaughtered by the marauders, but managed to escape. Uh, but then in the second game, the, the Forge Fathers, as you said, they heroically sacrificed themselves to to prevent the evil schemes of Chad Ryder, the Plague General. So a lot of Trontech managed to get out alive.
2: So into the trap that uh, the Plague <laughs> guy created so it's a plague win you can you can twist however you like it's oh, a plague it, win it was so cool the the Tron, trontech you know i think they didn't
1: quite trust i think they knew it deep down i think they knew the leadership knew it was a trap so they kind of they sent a load of new guys and just enough i think just enough experienced guys that they could sort of pretend it was a legitimate mission uh, and they only sent you know a sniper to lead it you know and she she was heroic she didn't even try and run for the escape pods. She was just, you know, trying to protect she her. She hid in
2: the building right. and uh, did Sniped. not much the whole game. And she took, what's the, uh, Marauder hulks. big gun? Uh, Hawks. Yeah. She she yeah. took Hawks to the face. like It she was like save, the
1: saving Private Ryan, you know, with the sniper, you know, and then the tank turret, you know, it's, it was it's similar to that. It was pretty, it's pretty spectacular. But, um, did the GCPS leader, uh, no, the GCPS leader died the Marauder leaders—I think one of them died and one of them survived to the end, but he was kind of cowering away from the sh- the, the the shooting, so he wasn't as heroic as he might have been as a Marauder leader.
2: But yeah, but yeah, um, it, it worked out just uh, just fine. I mean, they clearly eradicated the Marauder allies to leave no trace behind uh, of what happened. Uh, the Forge Fathers also were kind of—they they took a hit they did a good amount of work but they took a hit and uh, yeah the the ones who escaped for the gcps uh, i think four gcps models died right including the sniper
1: yeah which is crazy absolutely yeah. crazy
2: yeah with a, with a big Horde
1: army like that, yeah. But again, the Forge Fathers sacrificing themselves. But yeah, I can I can tell how much fun I had by how much I've been thinking about that over the course of today, of what, is, what does it all mean, you know, which you simply don't get if you don't put this little plot in place, you know, It's, it's
2: I really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. I, I think, think uh, for me, the um, one thing that I take away from this uh, the whole weekend as well is, the um, you know, how we're we we've having a blast with 750, and uh, it's maybe a bit bigger than 750 in Kings of War, right? Like you do have a few more units in, in Firefighter or 750. Is it
1: more like a 1,000 points in Kings of War, do you it's think? It's probably
2: a 1,000 points, maybe something like that. But my point was, I love 750 Ambush. And uh, spoiler alert, that's what we're going to talk next <laughs> at some point. Uh, but I have to admit there is still something to 2,300 points. And I'm really curious to see with Firefight if there's an equivalent to that. Because ultimately, we haven't played that many games, right? Sadly, like we've played in my whole life, I've played maybe if it's 10 games on Firefight, that's the end of it. I've played a lot more than 10 games of Kings of War, obviously. And so, yeah, I just really want to dig deeper with Firefight and try also also the larger format to see if there's also something else also interesting on top of it. If you you see what I mean.
1: Sorry, yeah. I put I was on the sorry I was on you reading Facebook messages. He was so
0: in awe I'm, of what you were saying. He was I like one hundred percent
1: see what you mean. Old. Sorry, dear listener, we're all getting very tired at this point. I absolutely agree with you, Clem. So let's very quickly just have two sentences on dead zone, and, the, and then we can keep Steve's morale up by actually talking about the hobby stuff he's interested in. So um dead, I will pass dead zone, Clem.
2: Um, so the good news is, uh, I don't know if you guys remember from the previous episodes, there was a pretty big slow grow on going, on, going on in Berlin, like with maybe 10 players, I don't even remember. And uh, we finished that a couple of months ago, and everyone agreed to do another one early 24. And um, so the desert community in Berlin is uh, up and running with a bunch of players active, and there will be even more because there's another Slow Grow coming. So we'll hire more people. And so that's exciting. Uh, and for me, the most exciting part is I have nothing to do with it. I'm I'm a participant, but I, I've been a terrible participant because I've dropped out of t- <laughs> Slow Grow because I was moving, didn't paint uh, my strike team. But it is very exciting to see someone else, like a, another group of people, um, you know, taking the task up of uh, you know organizing events organizing games keeping player engaged and growing the community that's uh, that's the best feeling ever
1: yeah super i must admit i'm pretty envious of that that's fantastic super so um that's all extremely positive so should we talk talk about our panathor kings of war super.
0: hello i'm i'm here
2: <laughs> so we can wake up uh, steve
0: i'm awake you know what I'm doing? Is I'm, I'm on eBay looking up um, steel sheeting cut to size because um, I want to. I'm 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 working on my next army and I want to make it in um, like troop sizes for each of the infantry like hordes and regiments. But then if I have steel sheets cut to size underneath, I can then magnetize my troops. To the steel sheets rather than just push them around as groups and i'd have like the steel sheets cut to size and that's what i'm looking at i, I do
2: that myself uh steve um and it, you can too as well like if you buy 0.2 millimeter thick uh stainless steel not not stainless steel sorry but um uh, zinc plated uh steel you can actually cut it yourself pretty easily with a hobby knife uh, so that works and if you want slightly thicker like 0.5 millimeters already plenty to have a very strong bond then you need a bit more tools but I uh, also have a, a metal laser cutter Steve so you know
0: I so. ah, wish I had a metal laser cutter
2: yes it's can, a nice can story you do, like
0: I'm um, engraving with it and stuff like that as well yes oh, I'm so jealous I'm so jealous
2: it's oh. a it's a nice story it's not as fancy well it's fancier for some extent but it's not as good as the um, the smaller laser cutter that does MDF was mm. cutting metal is always a pain in the ass, but, uh, it's a cool toy. It's like a, I think four or 500 Watts, CO2 laser. It's a nice, uh, nice machine. Anyway,
1: just saying, just saying, Steve, please be careful when using tools and sharp things.
0: That's why I buy it off eBay rather than using it myself, because I'm ah, in- unlike, unlike Clem, I'm incompetent. And, um, yeah, I can't find 0.2 millimeter zinc plated steel. Uh.
2: So that one is just if you want to cut it yourself, uh, like I buy relatively large sheets of this and uh, it's in a um, uh, hobby crafts and stores that I find it. Uh, I the think. one in Germany is called modular.
0: 10 pieces of 99.9% pure zinc sheet plate metal foil. No, that's not it. That's no, zinc.
2: you don't want zinc metal. You want steel that is zinc plated so that it doesn't rust. Anyway, that's... Uh... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I ordered... I finally pulled the trigger on the Twilight Kin army. Um, there was the Mantic we're doing, uh, not amazing, but very decent uh, Black Friday deal um, where it was basically uh, an army box, mega army box, Plus a Gore Drake, I think it was, hasn't actually turned up yet, and I haven't had a shipping notice, so I'm starting to get a little bit nervous, dear listener, because I've got my GCPs army on the same day. Um, but yeah, but I'm doing it now, and I also got two ambush boxes to kind of uh, supplement it. They have arrived, uh, so I've start have made a start on my Twilight Kin army, and uh, as as Clem knows, and uh, dear listeners who listen to our um, the the MUP short episode now, I'm trying to make this roughly 20% better than. My, the last army i did so i want this to be my best looking army it's going to be the one i take to clash of kings next year and i want it looking decent and uh,
2: i think i'm yeah i'm off to a pretty good start i'd say yeah i I'm really happy. like uh, what you've done with them uh like the bases look pretty cool and thematic and uh yeah the paint job is is also uh, like it really works well with those models like those models are really gorgeous and uh, yeah, I like I like what you've
1: done with them. Ah, oh, thanks, buddy. I wanted a kind of um, Silent Hill sort of horror theme, I would say, sort of, and like um, uh, maybe Dark Souls. You know, you've got this sort of body horror, these these sort of monsters, and it's kind of I wanted their armor to look almost organic, like bone kind of thing, and uh, yep, just disgu- really just well. wanted them to look disgusting and horrible. Yeah. So I'm very much yeah, sure. enjoying doing them. Yeah, very much enjoying it. And I've got my three mind screeches, screeches hopefully on the way so I can be a, you know, a power gamer. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: As one <laughs> does. Yes, yes. I mean, S- the, um, did you post a picture on Facebook? Because I'm, I'm not on Facebook these days. Uh, just on the Kings of War forum, kowforum.com. Fred, uh, is, uh, I think he's the main, Had been there. So uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, you, did you post a picture with the how are they call the Impalers from Dungeon Saga Origins compared to the ones from the army box?
1: No, I haven't. That is unfortunate, isn't it? To be honest, yeah. They um. So Steve, I, we both Clem and I, we were pretty sure we'd be doing a Twilight Kin army. So we knew with the um, Dungeon Saga Origins you could get um kind of additional models, you know, as add-ons. So we both got I think two boxes of the Twilight Kin extras. Which was a good idea, except the um the impalers for the board game are about sixty percent the size of the hard plastic ones, um so it just doesn't work, and they're very static pose, so they obviously work for the board game, but they don't really work for King's of War no. army there are other bits there are other bits we'll be using um which look okay um but yeah that that was a bit of a shame, as Clem said it would have been nice had we known in advance before we
2: ordered yep, yeah, that part was just um one uh, a bit disappointing aspect but uh, yeah I haven't received mine yet so I don't know
1: (laughs) but yeah at some point I'm also going to go back and and look at my Rifford Yorks and my Empire of Dust and um, just put a bit more love into them as I've been talking about with Clem recently, make them look about 20% better which I, I can do and I think it'll be fun to do um and uh yeah so at some point i'll do that but um twilight kin is going to be my army this year i think even though the more i think about the riffle jokes the more i like them but uh, yeah twilight kin is going to be the way to go but i did paint um so steve we did a mup short with scott from palette of war um who obviously you know well um
0: i've met him he's you've met him he came to my house
1: oh my goodness there we go wow there we are uh so um,
0: leave. I, I had to i had to have him removed no not really just wait,
1: there <laughs> that was somebody else um yeah so um we did him up short where he was he's obviously a very very good painter and, and um he was giving some little tips and, and actually yeah really picked up on a couple of things he said and just tried to improve so um um yeah crazily enough i painted three Rift Forges this week. And um, I tried non-metallic metals for the first time, which is utterly mad thing to do because we have metal metallic paint. Because of course, you know, back when people were painting, you know, 300 years ago, 400 years ago, whatever, when they're painting, doing actual, you know, fine art, there was no such thing as metallic paints. So, you know, people had to learn how to try and make non-metallic colors look metallic. Um, But um, actually, so the big problem I had is I was going in these massive circles of kind of undoing going back to the starting point like the Blair Witch project right just uh, oh we're back here again um I was going in these huge loops of not actually making the model look any better um but uh, I've really enjoyed it I, I don't think they look bad I mean you know obviously they don't look as good as professional painters online you see but I think for the for a first go at non-metallic metals i'm pretty happy with them for a long time it, it they just look like they've got yellow armor but now
2: actually it does i think it does trick my eye to oh they've got gold armor oh wait no it, they? it does i mean it's it's also a bit of a special style a different style and arguably i think the more realistic way to paint metals is not with true metallic metals but with non-metallic metals i personally am not the biggest fan of that style so I don't think I'll ever invest the time to uh, learn how to do it but you have to admit it looks pretty cool when it's done uh, on on an army and um, yeah no it's uh, it's a whole thing and uh, yours look pretty good already yeah absolutely thanks buddy
1: yeah and I, it's been it's been a fun little project almost it's fun little I'm going to yeah. test this out No it's done, it's always I've done,
0: uh, of, I've done a lot of non-metallic metals and what I find is a it gets better the more you practice um, and b if you look up people's kind of color palettes of non-metallics and brilliant illustrations that show you the different colors you can use to make different metallics and really the trick to really making that realistic is a final highlight of pure white right on the top of them um which make which gives that shine and after you before and after you put that white on it's amazing because your eye is kind of like yeah it kind of looks metallic and then you put a little little just a tiny line of white on it and you're like that's totally metallic right there and it's just that it's 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 a it's a thing that needs a lot of practice but once you get it i, I don't i would never go back i would never paint anything with any metallic paint ever again i'd say that
1: now. seriously steve wow so That's- so what i've done is so it's very very time consuming because what what i was doing and and i'd be interested in what you've been doing steve so i just watched one youtube video on what to do right and that was some weeks ago and i kind of remember it right so it was kind of so i started with um, um priming the models black and then the bits of the armor that looks like they were going to get the light i painted white like bright white and then i sort of looked at the model where the light might hit and then i had kind of a mid-tone that was near the you know between those two things between the black and the white and then it's basically i spent a very very long time going back with a tiny tiny bit of um quite watery paint on my brush just a tiny bit just dabbing to try and blend to make it a smooth transition between those two things is that did you do a similar thing steve
0: Um, not not quite so um For me, I learned to blend first before I started doing non-metallic metals. Um, And I always use um, glaze medium to blend, which was a a, a trick that um, an American painter who, to my utter shame, I cannot remember who he was, he was one of those ones, he was one of the Kings of War players in America and he'd been shortlisted for a crystal brush. And he was just the the nicest man. And I reached out to him because I was having real trouble painting Morgoth as it happens at the time. I was trying to do... Uh, like an osl type effect and he was like well to blend you need to use glaze medium and so rather than using water with paints i i I use a dab of glaze medium into them to make them flow and and that makes blending the edge of it very 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 easy and with a little a a tiny bit of water into it um so i learned to blend first and then i just um sorry
1: steve is there a glaze medium you'd recommend which is the one you use is there a brand or I think
0: it's Vallejo's Glaze Medium. Let me just see if it's the right bottle. And it it lasts forever. Yeah, Vallejo's Acrylic um, Glaze Medium. Acrylic Resin Glaze Medium. And it's absolutely brilliant. You just, rather than using water, you have a little, like, container with some glaze medium. You just need a couple of drops. And then you just dip, you put your paint on your palette, and then, like, a tiny brush dab of glaze medium to make it flow. And you work it out kind of what's best, because then, I, you know, when I'm when I'm doing blending, you have you, you put the paint on this kind of glaze medium mixed paint. And then at the edge of that paint, you have like a second brush, like a rubbish brush that you use to scrub the edge of it with a tiny dab of water. And you learn you, eventually you learn kind of how to make that. You just scrub and scrub and scrubs, and, scrub and, scrub and, scrub and it, it just starts to blend in. And it's that magic moment when it blends in. And that's kind of the, the blending process. But for non-metallic metal specifically, I only know how to do two colours because I only ever bothered to learn to do two colours, one of which is like weapons, silver, and one of which is golds. Um, and I just use a different contrast paint as a base for them and a different set of paints to, to, to bring them up and then finish with a white. And it's, it's very, I do a very simple, simplified version. If you put it next to a proper painter, I call it ghetto NMM because it's just a very simple way of doing it. But it, it looks very effective.
2: So did I hear correctly that you said you'll never ever use true metallic paints again?
0: True. I don't even know where my metallic paints are. I wouldn't ever use them because I just think they look terrible. I hate how metallic paints look.
2: Compared right, to how the-right here a, a trick if you want to win uh, painting a painting award at Clash of King, you know what the man likes.
0: Yeah, yeah, non-metallic. Well that's the thing, right? I'm not a very good painter actually. I'm quite an average painter. But since so I stole Chris Walsh's method of doing non-metallic metals. I said, you know, Chris, how do you do weapons? And he's like, right, you use Space Wolves Grey as a base over a zenithal base. And then you highlight with Ultherian Grey, which is like a very light grey. And then a final highlight with white. And I started doing that. And I started winning Best Painted Awards, which is stupid, because I'm not that good a painter. It's just like, it's just the basic, it's the Chris Wolfe method. And the funny thing is I put my army, I played him um, with my orcs. And his, I, we put, our armies kind of looked a little bit similar. But mine was like, a, it's like a six year old child's like crayon drawing next to like da Vinci. It was that kind of a level. But without Chris Walsh's army within kind of eye shot, my army looked really good. And it's won, you know, multiple painting awards. So I think it's really funny that it's just it's it's technique over ability that can really bring an army up. And I, I was a, um, a recent GT and my army won best painted again, I was very grateful. But well, I painted it in three weeks and it's really, if you look close, it's not very well painted at all. It's just this bragging again, I I am, bragging. Was best
2: painter in the three
1: week army. <laughs> no, I like this. No, I really, I really like true. this, no, this honesty easy. that because if you talk to certain people, you know, who, who are very good painters, you know, it's going to take at least a year to do a Kings of War army. Um, doesn't have to
0: not at all. I've been trying to help. Um, I wish Mark was on the channel because Mark's been, um, I've been trying to help Mark to, to paint in this style. And he is struggling with it, to be honest. I think you need to kind of see it firsthand. Um, But I I don't think it's terribly complicated to, to paint well to a good tabletop standard because actually people are very addicted to the way that they paint currently. And what you need to think about more than anything is light, is how light affects your miniatures and where light comes from. Once you've got that in your head, painting can flow very, very easily because all you're doing is focusing on the light areas And that's all that draws the eye. We spend all this time detailing belts and buttons and knee pads and stuff. No one cares or looks at that. What they look at is... The, the areas that the light falls on and if you only focus on those areas it brings your model up a significant level
1: i think isn't, isn't it funny Clem? because in the we just recorded them up short where we were we i, I was kind of rambling on about painting and it, i was talking about the light i was talking about how i'm i've got a little bit better at painting recently and i'm thinking about things a lot more and i was talking about the light wasn't i again i'm not a yeah good, no absolutely I'm a good, not a good I think painter it's
2: a, it's a it's a good point the, it's just it makes me laugh like uh, it is true like the 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 trick to being a bit, bit better painter is just uh or how is it how can you make a uh, kings of War army pretty easily well the number seven army is the is an easy one to make <laughs> so no That's it's true, so I, true. <laughs> some experience does help the other way is to uh, join the fast grow that we're doing and uh, like uh, uh take good advice and uh, be inspired by the community but otherwise yeah just uh i think it's important though like what you've been doing chris to um take a moment to sit down and think about okay here's what i've been doing so far not happy about this and that part how do i change that how do i improve this or what you Steve, have done like oh i, I really love what you've done on that model can you teach me what's your secret recipe to paint the met- non-metallic metal for the weapons and uh that's also how you learn right like uh just gets uh, good advice from uh, from friends and other people in the community and uh that's how you make progress and a big I thing i think was just focusing
1: Brock. on a couple of bits like not getting overwhelmed by thinking oh i need to be better at everything just just a couple of things that scott mentioned just focusing on them and trying to improve them it, it's um yeah just sort of improving incrementally or in specific areas sorry steve go for it no that's
0: right i think scott's you know scott's a great example he's a he's a really humble guy but he's you know, I've seen his minis because, uh, you know, I've played him and, you know, he's got a really lovely, rich style of painting. And I think what what's important is to find your own style that works for you. I can't paint like Scott does at all. You know, you think of the great, so I think of the really, really great painters um, in, in gb and You've got your, your Dan Reeds, um, uh, your Idiot Proof Dalek, as he's called. You know, he's beautiful, incredible white dwarf style painting. You've got your Matt Gorham's. You know, you've got, I'm just thinking of GB and I, of, of Indian ones, because that's that's kind of my local ones. And you've got your Paul Welsh's, your, you've got your um, Chris Walsh's. They've all got very, very different styles. And um, what they found is something that works for them and they've really focused down on it. And that's what people need to do is, is find something that works for you and then practice because, you know, art and painting and technique is is it's an acquired skill it's not something you're born with there's some people that are amazing painters when they're born but being able to paint well is an acquired skill that requires practice you have to practice and really slave away at it to get good and you know you think about how you painted when you first started painting as a teenager or as a child or whenever you know your painting was terrible then absolute garbage but the point is you've practiced and practice, and you're always improving and there's always more things you can learn, right? That's true. Yeah, definitely, buddy. Yeah, super. Um,
2: Chris, I had a question about when you say you want to go and get back into your Rich Forge Orgs and the Empire of Dust. And I think for me, the question it also applies to you, Steve. The question is, what happens once you're done with an army and you kind of put it on the shelf and, and play with the next one? Like, What happens when you try to revisit older armies? Like, Is this even something you do or do you just throw them away on eBay or... Do you buy more units to change your list? Or what's your relationship
3: with older armies that you have? This is Rob Fanoff from the counter Podcast, and you're listening to the Mantic Universe Podcast, the only podcast that has the
1: balls to cover all their games. So for, I think, I mean, I mean, last year I did a ton of armies for for lots of different games, right? So I did loads of Kings war armies, did loads of Firefighter armies, et cetera. Um, I think I'm probably getting to the point where I don't need to keep chasing a new army, you know, I'm doing Twilight Kin this year. And that's, you know, that's going to be very important. But I think after that, rather than, and I've got Plague to do, I've got GCPS to do, I've got loads of armies to do from scratch. But um, rather than, you know, buying more and more stuff, I think, to be honest, I want to get a bit better at painting and then go back and, you know, because my EOD, I rush to get them done to come to Clash of Kings you know, there's bits that I'm not happy with, so I think I want to just go back over the things I already have and just get more enjoyment out of them. Because, to be honest, those two armies—I've already moved on to another army. I hardly played either of them, so I feel like I need to get more enjoyment out of them and just, yeah, just just uh, more time with them um, before I go on and do other things. So, I mean, it may well be. After I do my Twilight Kin, I may want to do a GCPS army or a Plague army or whatever for Firefight. But at some point, I, I fully intend to come back to these armies and, and just, you know, d- d- get them finished, you know, so I'm happy for them, you know, sort of level them up, as it were, and then play with them, you know. So maybe, you know, if I go to tournaments next year, maybe I take my Rifle Orcs or maybe I take my EOD, but the the nicer version. And yeah, maybe I do change the list a little bit or you know whatever i might want to do with them but just give them a bit more love and a bit more attention
0: i think it's variable isn't it because i know some players who have an army and they add to that army and they add to their army and they add to that army until they have six thousand points with that army and they can play any list they like and then i know players who have many 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 armies and they pick and choose one they want to play but um, for, for me, I, I tend to focus hard on an army and then I paint it. And then typically um, I get very bored really quickly because I have um, mildly undiagnosed ADHD. And I move on to another army and it just kind of sits there um, while I kind of focus on my new love. And I think that's not unusual. What do I do with them? I've, I've, I've got a display cabinet with them in and when it runs out of space, I sell one. <laughs> and that's pretty much what happens. I think that's
1: pretty healthy, though, to be honest.
0: I, I have a, t- a total lack of attachment to stuff which people find horrifying but like when i found my old warhammer armies when i was a teenager i just sold them all immediately and um, i had no att- I, I liked them and i had fond memories but i'm like cool it turns out these are worth a lot of money now and i sold them all immediately and bought new stuff with them and then painted their new things and then i sold some of that as well as soon as i painted them so i think i'm relatively unusual in that and that people do have tend to have attachment to some of their their things a bit more but yeah people you know, I think. There is an increasing trend on selling your stuff because people have realized it has value, right?
2: I think it's healthy, yes. Chris, go ahead. Well, yeah, the,
1: the, the money has value, literally, but also just hanging on to stuff that isn't bringing you any pleasure now. You know, if it just because it brought you pleasure 20 years ago doesn't necessarily mean it's going to bring you pleasure today. I mean, it, uh, maybe it depends on the person, but I actually think, Steve, what you're saying sounds extremely healthy. You're not yeah. hanging on to things, you know?
2: I mean I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle of the two models that you described Steve like uh, I do have several armies and I have thousands of points for your, uh, for them basically and so I'm kind of trying to figure out what I want to do with it um, and I think some of it is probably trimming down like uh, okay, maybe I overbought a little bit on this army and I will never build more whatever um, scarecrows for my night stalkers so might as well just sell the the five sprues that I have left of them to someone who actually will start an army with them rather than keep them in my box of maybe I might use them later.
1: And, Clem, uh, ideally someone in the local community, right? So you kind of uh, can get yeah. a game out of it, hopefully.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, the turns out I already sold some, uh, some of those to uh, our good friend Manuel, right, uh, who was starting something with it. But, um, yeah, I think my all, other issue is I don't have a proper display cabinet I need to uh, get myself one. I'm, uh, I've been looking into it. And so right now, I don't really have a good way of, you know, keeping my finished project in a place where I I, I enjoy them or I see them and like, oh, that that was a good army. I'm happy with it. Um, so I guess it will change my uh, relationship to them a little bit more once I have that. But, uh, yeah, no, interesting, uh, interesting stuff.
0: And one of the problems is that, that if you're terrible at painting, sometimes your stuff isn't worth any money it's not worth selling so uh if you are an idiot who spent six months painting a gungan army which then shattered the moment you breathe near it it turns out your effort was worth nothing and it just sits on a table no Steve,
1: that's not true it was (laughs) worth a terrible joke that you took too far and and i fully respect that and i'm fully behind
0: you i even had a t-shirt printed and everything so I'm tell you about my T-shirt that I took to the... I took it to Northern Kings GT, this whole army. And I came... I did very poorly, as it turns out. And um, I had a T-shirt printed, which was Hot Jar Jar Binks. So someone somewhere had Photoshopped Jar Jar Binks' head onto, like, a bodybuilder's body in black and white. And I printed it onto a T-shirt, and underneath it said Gungan style, like Gangnam style, but with Gungans. How, d- how did you explain any of this to your wife? Uh, she's known me for a very long time. She just kind of goes... <laughs> okay and she nods and <laughs> carries on with her life Nonsense! and smiles yeah. yeah she
2: signed the papers like i tell mine all exactly. the time you signed the paper it's too late now. it's too late now it's that's been a decade uh, have
1: unless a you want to like sign it. a few more papers but uh... that's your
2: life
0: <laughs> so yeah so um and the funny thing was i was wearing that t-shirt most people didn't even notice people didn't register i was talking i was talking to tom robinson and literally about 20 minutes into our conversation he went holy shit i've just seen what t-shirt you're wearing It's <laughs> like a naked gungan on it uh happy days and it sits in my drawer now and i love that t-shirt so much and i literally where can i wear that where can i possibly wear a naked gungan there are very few very few places so yeah
2: again you just need better friends steve Come <laughs> our plenty of places where that t-shirt will actually get you some
0: attention I take you anyway. to the best old world tournament I go to.
2: Way hey, nice. moving the conversation on now then. Steve, so, so dear Steve. listeners start again the episode from the start. Every time we mention the old world, take a shot.
0: Sorry, I just dropped a that's
1: fine. You sure did. Steve, and you've been I believe you've been to a few different tournaments recently that you can tell us about.
0: Flawless segue there. God, he's professional, isn't he, Glenn?
1: Tell you what, I'm worth every penny of I get that I get paid to do this.
0: This yes. is why he gets the big bucks. That's why he gets
1: the big zero. The
0: big zeros. I have been to a couple of tournaments recently, which has uh, been a welcome um, um, uh, return to the tournament scene. Uh, feel free to check out the battle reports on my YouTube channel, Death by Dragons. Uh, you're welcome. It's so just that, a little I,
1: bit I, long. That's the only thing, Steve, isn't it? A bit, long. bit long.
0: They are long, aren't they? Too long. Um, I... <laughs> So I went to Northern Kings Con, which is not Northern Kings GT. It's Northern Kings Con. So this is their attempt. It was their attempt at a, multi, a multi-games tournament. So it was, it was Firefight and Dead Zone and Warpath. And, and even they were talking about um, Dreadball and Kings of War singles and Kings of War doubles. And it turned out to be cursed. It was a real cursed tournament. They had 16 dropouts. Um, in the in the in the weeks before the tournament which is an extraordinary amount Wow. where two gamers had a car crash on the way up the m6 to the tournament it was that bad oh god Um, they were okay they were okay the worst casualties were their armies and the car to be fair all all the cars were totaled but their armies were also totaled um which was the saddest thing Uh, and and then like they had the trophies for the tournament melted they sprayed them with some metallic paint, and for some reason, the metallic paint melted the, the trophies. It was literally cursed. It was awful. Um, the tournament itself was quite fun. So I went and I played really? um, Kings of War singles and then Kings of War doubles um, with my friend Simon. I did significantly better at singles than I did at doubles. Um, it turns out that, I mean, I've, I've only played, have you guys ever played doubles? Kings of War doubles? Oh, uh, yeah, we time. have a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. What? I, I, I Simon I, is a good player too. He's a nice guy and a good player, isn't he? So my friend Simon, Simon's amazing player, very very good much better than me. Um, my, my my doubles partner mainly is I I can't take the pressure of letting down somebody else when you mess up because like if they're like the people I play with tend to be quite competitive and when I mess up, I mess up all the time. I I kind of like start joking and give up and they don't and it gets a bit tense. So I don't I uh, just the pressure of it can't handle that for doubles. Not a fan.
1: We had something similar at the weekend, actually, but with with Firefight, we played a doubles game, and it was me and my friend Daniel. And he he rolled, he had a few rolls which were pretty disappointing, and there was that sort of like he was just so sort of. Um, and he was, I'm so sorry. You know, he was so <laughs> apologetic for his bad role, which is just. But he was face, but.
2: very much into it, right? Like I remember, like he played very well, and like you were like, you know, chatting and not paying attention to what's going on and making mistakes. He was like, wait a second, no, let's not do this. This is a mistake. It's like, shit, <laughs> he's actually trying what, to Where did pay this guy come from? <laughs> I thought I thought he was a complete beginner and it was an easy to? game, but actually, he's paying attention. Shit.
0: Yeah, I think um, I I I played Kings of Water to, to to kind of just have fun, and I I don't know for some reason I thrive better on a one-on-one environment. There's loads of lots of people, and I've got a partner that I'm trying not to let down. It, it uh, affects my enjoyment. So I it's the second time I've done doubles, and I was persuaded to do it, and it, and uh, still didn't like it. So I don't think I would do doubles again. But anyway, um, it, it was fine. It's a lot of people. I think we we <laughs> possibly. We we faced Defence 6 Dwarves three games in a row. And uh, when you've only got crushed one in your army, it's a little bit kind of like, oh fuck. Sorry, Steve, which armies did you take? Oh, um, so I had Night Stalkers and my, my partner, Simon, had uh, Empire of Dust. So uh, it's a tough, nerve. yeah, Defence 6. It's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. And uh, we played OK, but, you know, it was yeah, it was all right. It was fine. I think I enjoyed the singles a bit more. um was a good time he ended up playing um, number one player in the world Tom Robinson which was the first time I've played him since we played at a speed tournament at Adepticon and uh, he's just a he's just a superbly fantastic player and I think sometimes when you play players that are exceptional it can be quite dispiriting but playing Tom isn't like that Um, he's he's, it's a very it changes the game so normally you play Kings of War right you're kind of you're doing your stuff and you're waiting for your opponent to make a mistake you can capitalise on Um, he makes zero mistakes like none whatsoever everything is perfect he just moves instinctually he's very 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 good and it makes it a very different game it's more like chess you're kind of like you're having to work out turns in advance what's going to happen which of course I could not do Uh, but he did very expertly Um, but he's just very very fun very very nice and pleasant and and really interesting to play and he's got a great perspective on the game Uh, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed playing him so thrilled that I got to play him um and of course he twatted me into the ground and uh and he did the tournament home but yeah we had a great time so that was really fun and good then weekend um, I, it, was, it was such a shame that so, you know if there was those those dropout players had turned up you know last time we went to northern kings gt it's like 45 players it was huge right so this time there was a select group shall we say um and it was really cold but um we still had a good time It was still nice um, I, I do love those guys, and I'm um, I'm really hoping somehow I can get back next year. I haven't really planned it, but we'll see. Oh, fantastic! Um, and he, Go on. And a lot
1: of, I mean, a lot of my games. I mean, you know, as you know, Steve, I don't play that often, and I don't play often enough to get better. So it's sort of um like occasionally I can play fairly well in a game and do you know punch above my weight so you know the time gad came to visit me and I inexplicably beat him 3 three times in a row mm-hmm. um you know that it can somehow magically spike but very rarely um but yeah most of my games are exactly what you've described is We're both quite shaky on the rules. We're both quite shaky with what we're doing. And it's who is the first one to make a catastrophic mistake that the other person notices is a catastrophic mistake. Because often I think these things go unpunished because we're like, oh, that's facing the wrong way. But that's that's just fine. I'll ignore that for now. I'll come back to that later. Um, But
0: yeah, mm, interesting. It was good, though. And I had my most epic moment which you can view on my youtube channel which i might have mentioned earlier it's called anyway it's not um but my most epic moment in kings of wherever which I, I feel slightly bad about because it was against a newer player who was who was very new um and he, he had siege breakers and i managed to wipe out two siege breaker hordes in a single turn with only two individuals and one monster with one one titan it was ridiculous it was just the most beautiful like segue of events and um, which is very enjoyable so that was really cool and i had to not gloat because obviously he was very new so i was like oh i'm really sorry but inside i was like that this was awesome uh yeah so that was good
2: that sounds quite
0: unlikely so it must have been awesome Yeah. do you want me to do you want me to tell you how it happened because it is a great i'm going to tell you anyway you can, I, I think it's like you can't hold back the sneeze Steve. you have so to just do it so what happened right so i was playing night Stalkers and i had Esanishra, the hero and she's a flying kind of shade, and she has an enthrall spell. And if she enthralls you into base-to-base contact with her, you're in combat with her, so you have to fight her, right? And then I had um, a pair of horrors, the little cast of characters. One of which had an um, alchemist curse, and one of which had host shadow beast, okay? And then his um, siegebreaker hordes. He had one which was carrying the, pen, the crystal pendant of retribution, and then and the other one was next to it. And so I managed to get him to a position where I put uh, a terror into one of them. And terrors are terrible against um, siege breakers because they're only crushed one and then you've got 12 attacks. Right. So not a great use of a terror. And then Esnisha landed one inch in front of the other one. Right. And then I alchemist cursed the un- unhurt siege breakers. I alchemist cursed them. And I did like five wounds, like a high number of wounds from alchemist curse. Then I enthralled the unit into combat with Esnisha, I gave her host Shadow Beast so that she had like n- like nine or ten attacks on threes, crush three or crush four, whatever, um, took off the Siegebreaker Horde, whose Crystal Pendant then exploded, blowing up the unit, which was in base base contact next to it, so then the Terror in contact with them killed them as well next turn. Isn't How
2: did you think? do that many wounds with the host Shadow Beasts?
0: Because uh, it's six um, host Shadow Beasts. So um, Esenisha's got five attacks anyway. Oh, okay. I see. I so she's got know. five attacks, and then her shadow beast gives her an extra four. So she had nine attacks altogether all together. She spellcaster a level three? Is that how so that works? The, the horror is spellcast level two. So two plus two additional attacks. she your spellcast a spell level plus two for her shadow beast. Right.
2: That's why I, I thought you meant nine host shadow beasts, and I was like, wait, did I miss something? Somewhere? No,
0: four host shadow beasts, and then five regular attacks. So she had nine attacks, all of which were on threes, uh, minimum crush because she's crushed three and then her shadow beast is crushed three so they were all crushed three so against Siege Breakers it was on threes and threes basically
2: but she still still had a
1: pretty good role
0: yeah and yeah. she has dread so
1: it just would this work against Tom Robinson
0: instead of the new player no and it turns out it did not <laughs> against Tom Robinson I forgot I sent some phantoms into he had, he had Northern Alliance he had those bloody ravens and uh, I sent some phantoms into these ravens to stop them flying over the back of my lines and I thought they had 10 attacks, turns out they have 12, so I only rolled 10 attacks, didn't do any wounds, and then he flew over the back of my lines and died eating me.
1: That's unfortunate. Yeah, well, it was yes. a good idea. I mean, that's unlucky, though, isn't it? Not not to, you know, not to ground them with that charge. Very unlucky.
0: Even on 10 attacks, fours and 4s and 5s, I should have got 1. That's
1: At nice. some point, I did that. That Clash of Kings, where for half a game I wasn't rolling enough dice because I, I, you know, had the, the exact number of dice and I didn't check at the beginning, and of course there was just more dice in my dice bag that I hadn't got out, and it's like, oh well, <laughs> never mind. Whoopsie Daisy, whoopsie Daisy, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do you mind if we just restart the game from scratch? You know, that's no problem, right? Um, Good. Uh, no, oh, yeah. And then me. I went
0: to another tournament last weekend um in Sheffield with my friend Andy. Runs Andy Hawley, who's lovely. And if anyone's listening, he's running a 3,000-point tournament later in uh, in next year, uh, which sounds really fun up in Sheffield. And um, that was really fun as well. And uh, really excited to my, my I have a new friend who was the UK's number one war machine player who came and played his first tournament. That tournament, but it was a bit. We were all delayed on the M1 going up because there was car crashes and such. So I dashed into my first game and kind of rushed through the first game. And then I had to go and plug in my car, so then I was late for the second game and I rushed through the second game and then. Uh, and finally got to have a proper game for the third game. So yeah,
1: anyway. That's exciting. So the number one UK War Machine player is switched to Kings of War or just giving
2: it a
0: try? Or? He's, playing, he's playing both. I think Kings of War is his casual game. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm a in a
2: person here locally. Yeah, same approach. Like uh, War Machine is what I do for tournaments and when I want to relax, I go to Kings of War events. Yeah,
0: basically.
1: And Steve, while you were at um, the Northern King Con, did yeah. you bump into poddle star peter and his new friend kieran
0: i did i did it was so exciting so it's always lovely i've met peter before and he is just the loveliest sweetest man and so it was really nice to see him again um and i got I, we took a selfie together and then i met this guy kieran um who was like oh my god oh 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 it's you and i'm like yes no no it is and it turns out he'd learned to play using the videos that i made with my wife online which was um adorable and he was uh, very sweet about it and um we didn't get to play in the tournament but i played a game of ambush with him that evening after we had a few beers and that was really fun and um i only just won by a lucky dice roll so yeah it was lovely to meet and what what a lovely pair of guys i was really excited um it's very weird to because when you have a youtube channel you know and my youtube channel is not big let's be absolutely clear it's about as big as this podcast right so we're, we're kind of like oh chris's face says there it's not quite as big as this podcast steve that's what he said well, there i was, think you I just did, have I
2: more people and people see your face so it's different like you're a figure in this community you cannot deny it
0: so, so that's the, that's the thing right but obviously i'm not a big deal to anyone ever unless i occasionally go to kings of war events and people go oh i've seen your videos you're on the telly and i'm like this is really weird because I just sit in my garage and play, occasionally play. I don't really make videos anymore, okay, apart from the occasional tournament report which are wildly unpopular now. I don't know what's happened, but no one's watching them. So, uh, sorry, Steve, what's no one watching? Which videos? So the the, the, the recent, uh, not like really pay attention, but the views on my recent tournament reports are like half of what they used to be. So I don't know what's happened with them. but I Are think they been, longer or something? No, they're exactly the same like, literally. They just
2: it. haven't sacrificed a goat to the YouTube algorithm probably
0: you know. I think it's because I haven't been making videos very regularly anymore they're probably not being publicized you
1: drop down the algorithm yeah I think that's yeah. probably what it is buddy yeah. and there's a lot I
0: want to do there's a lot a lot of it I really want to make like um I think there's a real gap in, in kind of the YouTube videos for how to make good kings of war terrain there's lots of terrain videos but there's none that say look you need to make these playable
1: yeah playable, yeah decent. you and Mike Carter can do this that sounds brilliant
0: so I really mm-hmm. want to do that, and I just um you know, and I need to make a lot more because we've got I've got like seven more maps than I had last year for Clash of Kings, so I need to make a bunch more terrain. And I've got the materials, and I just need to set up a camera and talk through it. But I've never um I just never have the time these days because my job is very very busy and um family. I have three children, and you know these people keep asking me on to three hour podcast recordings. And uh, yeah,
2: stop sleeping. That's the strategy. <laughs> but you should definitely make those videos because I agree. Like uh, good resources to uh. To make a proper Kings of War train are kind of uh, you know few and uh, would be very uh, proper community. Speaking so. speaking of YouTube, there's also uh, we we forgot in the news section uh, uh, what's his name Andy uh, from Blackjack Legacy. Oh, is Clem, can I, can I can I take oh, this one? Let,
1: let me take this of one. So it was really please. exciting. So th- there was uh, a, f- a few weeks back. It was it was great. He gave us a shout out, Mantic Universe podcast, on his uh, private Discord channel, and uh, he'd started listening. Thought, oh, this is really exciting! And then, uh, so uh, that was a good little boost. You know, always, you know, internet famous person uh, is, is enjoying the pod, and then just literally two days later, we found out he's joining Mantic. So uh, I guess uh, that was a little bit of research he was doing, um, but um, I think it's I think it's really important. I mean, Johnny was a great guy and I really like Johnny, but, um, I think Andy is bringing so much expertise and experience and, and also to a certain extent, let's be honest, a following of people that I'm sure some of them will come to Mantic. I'm sure some of them are already Mantic players. So, you know, I think, I think it's really, really exciting for, I think it's just a great, great fit. And, um, Hopefully, I, I think, you know, we, we talked uh, briefly about Firefights and how it just it desperately needs new players. It's great, and it just needs more people playing. Um, and, if you know, if you go on YouTube, there's not much there. There's Dr- path Zone, Tyler does a great job with those videos. But at the moment, he's the only one putting out content, which is every now and again, you know, because of obviously life and all the rest of it, right? So, um, if and it's Mantic, hard. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, you're videos. right. You're right. Like, we've yeah.
2: tried locally, uh, like, we've... Uh... We've, we've shot a couple of them and then when you try to edit and it's like, nope, there's like, there's nothing you can really, you know, create out of those brushes and it's just like, we'll try again next time. But also it, it is, you know, the hobby is a very visual thing and so
1: obviously we do a podcast and a, a big part of the reason we do a podcast is it's less editing and all the rest of it, right? It, it, genuinely, that's true. But you do, you know, with, with some of Steve's brilliant videos, it's very powerful. You know, um, yeah. I mean, it's me a bit,
2: it. it's a bit too bad that it's a podcast because you guys are completely missing out on my lovely Christmas onesie. But uh, you know, that's it's oh, wow. true. It's it's also easier. It's I describe like,
0: the majesty of Clem and a Christmas onesie. Please stand up, Clem, so I can fully just go. Oh, whoa! <laughs> He's like a giant speckled Christmas baby, is what he is. He's covered in sand. He's white. it's covered in trees and Santa Clauses. I've never seen a more magnificent Frenchman in my life. I tell you what. It's a family tradition. <laughs> but on a, on Black Jack Legacy joining joining Magic, I think it's I think one of you know his big attractions is he's such a lovely man. He's like so you know, like nobody could be offended by him because he's just a very very nice person. That's his whole his whole um like usp right he's, he's so i've met him i met him at open day and he's just a very nice personable guy he's got a very you know interesting voice Um, yeah i really hope that he he does well at doing videos romantic i think i wonder because he's kind of his typical type of video is he's like hobby with me or he's like he talks for three hours or two hours and people interact with him and i'm not sure that's kind of romantic that's what Mantic would need from him. So I'm kind of interested in what he's going to do with them, whether he's just going to use his studio, whether he's going to do more of those kind of like hobby engagement type videos. It would be interesting to see, wouldn't it? What he brings. Very much so.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Um, Having um, someone that is paid to do it full time is, I think is great because hopefully we'll get good content out of it. And the way I see it, uh, more content uh, begets even more content, you know, because now it's uh, like the algorithm uh, or it's hard to find uh, good stuff but if you have some um, creators that put out a lot more stuff you can encourage others to follow and also publish more so yeah I'm excited to see what impact it has also on the rest of the YouTubers community Steve are you working on an army at the moment?
0: Oh well um, list wise yes Um, so I've I've I painted Night Stalkers, and I've taken them to two events, and I've, I've re my list for the 53rd time. And I do need to buy some more miniatures to to, to, to paint to make that new list work. But as I am very easily distracted, I've um, immediately moved to another list as part of the Fast mup Challenge. And um, I, I've ordered and bought already the miniatures i'm just waiting for them to arrive at the shop so i can go and pick them up in fact i'm hoping they'll come and they'll arrive by friday so driving home from where i am now i can pick them up on the way and start working on them perfect i think i did have a
1: quick look at your list so um dear listener all the lists are shared on the uh, mantic companion as we've got the word well fast map in the title so that they should be defined under 750 points
2: yeah i realized later you cannot search all of the armies by keywords or name or something. Oh, can you not? Uh, no, but not at great. least you can filter them, right? Like, you can filter 750. I think right. it would be interesting if we get from the companion uh, some search on all of the names or something like this. Yeah. And definitely. also, you I don't think you can see all of the armies from all factions at a point level. Maybe you can, I don't remember. But anyway, it was, I thought you could just add the fast map and the name and we'll all search and find them all doesn't work
1: (laughs) and sorry steve it's been a while since i checked but i think your list was just tons and tons of troops of fanatics or something like that wasn't it
0: pretty much yeah uh, so it's based on a it's (laughs) it's based on 2300 list that i wrote and i then realized i'm not going to use because my next couple of tournaments in 1995 but basically i just like kingdoms of men fanatics i think they're really fun um and i thought i could use northern alliance um clansmen as fanatic with the Huskull upgrade because they're two handers. Um and take off their silly third hood heads and just add helmeted heads and paint them different and then use basileans to be spearmen, like ensnaring spearmen. What are they called? Um Oh the Kings I don't know, Google my oh I've got it open already. That's how obsessed I am with this list. Uh spear phalanx. Um some 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 Basilean spear phalanx with some Northern Alliance fanatics behind them. And then all my other stuff can be 3D prints or whatever. And I've got a uh, a dragon that I painted ages ago to be my monarch cause, because because then the Kings of Men you can have a monarch who gives the scepter of vigor to give uh, Vicious to Berserkers so that all my fanatics will be uh, Vicious which I think is really fun. They're not as good as anyone else's Berserkers because the Kings of Men of course they only got 15 attacks but if we give one of them sharpness one of them strength one of the blessing of the gods I've got you know 15 attacks on twos crush one with a Bane chant and Vicious sounds fun
1: right does yeah absolutely it does yeah, yeah fantastic so as always uh dear listener we're pushed for time so we better we're better sort for of
2: time. move things forward a little nope, bit nope nope you're trying to escape but i did <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a nice try uh, chris so that will uh that will get you five more minutes of it <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> i'm scott aka palette of war welcome to the Mantis universe podcast and check out my youtube and Instagram.
2: I played some 10mm Kings of War, awesome as always. I'm uh, writing an article as you challenge everyone to do, so that's a work in progress. And uh, following the local demand for it, I'm organizing a a tournament in Berlin on the 24th of February. Uh, So 2,000 points, three games, one day, 10mm Kings of War tournament. And so come and join us. That's the that's the thing. And I'm I'm about to uh, also start a fourth 10 mil army because I love having them in both scales. And that was a that was a nice try, but uh, try again, my friend.
1: And what was brilliant was there was a there was a horrible uh, there was a, a sting in the tail. Clem was contacted by a a new Kings of War player on the I think he messaged reached out to you on the Discord I think he yes, says, hey
2: i'm a new kings of war player in the frankfurt area so clem referred him to me no he said yeah he said oh i'm, I'm interested i'm a beginner with the uh, kings of war uh, because mantic is not doing too great in germany we'll talk about it in a different map short at some point i think but anyway so a new player and i saw my announcement for uh for a tournament in berlin and he's like oh yeah i'd love to come but i'm a bit far so, oh, where are you? I am in mean Frankfurt. I mean, Frankfurt, I'm older. So there's a tiny town not far from Berlin, oh, right, an hour yeah. away from Berlin. <laughs> so Frankfurt, I'm older. I said, no, no, Frankfurt. So when I come and
1: visit in Berlin and people say, where are you from? I'm from Frankfurt. So they all think it's this weird little town on the <laughs> Polish border or something like
2: this. I, I yeah. think it's a different size uh, entirely. So even in Berlin, if you say you're from Frankfurt, people understand I'm mine. Uh, it was kind of a joke for me because I thought, no, nah, it can't be that he wants to join from that far as Frankfurt and mine, right? And so, yeah, I, I teased you a little bit. And I uh, hope uh, I hope he actually starts playing uh, with you locally. That would be pretty cool. I hope he's
1: listening to this pod right now, to be quite honest. Yes, so he's he is making a 32 or 28 millimeter uh, Night Stalker's Army um so he's doing he's doing it he's asking questions he's he obviously he got in touch um but um he's recently had a him and his his wife or partner have had a had a baby so you know um he's doing the army when he can you know we'll see how we go because i i reached out to me and he said yeah can we play in a couple of months and i was like oh come on buddy i've got you know let's just a game of ambush right now kind of thing you know he was like well i can't quite do it right now but he's he's super close to me he's um very close to where my old office was which is if there's no traffic it's like not even 20 minutes drive away so yeah it's a it's a good location so that was uh yeah thanks clan that was a a handy uh, handy tip that's
2: great no i mean for me all that that says is uh, i should uh i should publish about our gaming days more openly because we do have them sort of regularly but usually it's kind of a local local thing like i don't even post on
1: you kind the of have to be in the know it. it's happening
2: right right yeah 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 and uh, i think uh, we would just grow the community even more if uh, those were a bit more in on the open and um, it would be even better for us okay. also to you know to have visitors come and play
1: yeah i think we will make a vast map on it but it seems to me as far as i can see berlin seems to be the only area in the, the country that's actually growing, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I've, I've looked a bit into it. I think there are other areas, uh, but it's similar to what we've been doing so far. It's like kind of closed-up groups. And if you're not already in the know, it's pretty hard to join. And, uh, I mean, we've talked uh, about the Delton group uh, around Claudio and uh, Regensburg, right? Uh, they are pretty active as well. And they do put their events out in, in public. Yeah. But yeah. still, yeah, it's uh, fine uh, between you. Yeah.
1: I'm sure I mentioned this on the pod a really long time ago, but I f- through a friend when I when I got into King's War, and I, c- I mentioned it to him, trying to get him in. And he said, well, I'm not interested in starting a new miniatures game, but I know there is a group in Wiesbaden, which is just down the road from me. Um, so he got in touch with them. But they don't advertise or anything. There's no way of knowing this group exists. So because he knows one of the guys. So he just messaged him and said, hey, there's a new guy interested in playing Kings of War. And they replied back with a very unfriendly, we're only playing second edition. We're not going to play third edition. And we're not interested in having new players. Great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and that was before You're, they even That's your, met that's your
2: reputation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 they knew you right exactly it's sort of like uh not interested
1: <laughs> not even objectively you know uh yes exactly so that was um not exactly welcoming but there you go such is life so
2: um i you think guys we have a penny lord today right but no are we, are we
0: what anything I'm, left to say of kings of war before we move on I want, I want to moan again about... So I found... I've been moaning previously about um, all the stores in my region have closed down. Do you remember from last time? Yeah, that is very unfortunate, though. To be I fair. found another store um, nearby and I went to find it and um, it's it's still open. Yay! Um, but it's very, very, very tiny. It only has four tables. Um, but uh, they, they are open on a weekend and they have people to come and play on a weekend. So I was like, yay, have a new place to play. That's great. So I was really excited about that. So we're going to do that. And then someone else added me to a group chat um about um kings of war and i was really excited but they only want to talk about the old world so um that was very i think i just keep, every time i meet new players who might be kind of kings of war curious like by curious but kings of war curious um they're actually the old world curious uh, and then they're not interested in kings of War. And it's so frustrating for me at the moment because I, you know gw geniuses as they are have really taken the knees out of kings of war as a as a developing interested player base because they've got this promise of oh, of promise land. They do, Steve,
1: but the promise is they've got to do they've got to deliver something very, very soon. And I think the thing they're going to deliver is going to be phenomenally underwhelming. I think it's going to be extremely disappointing. I think GW are doing the absolute minimum they can possibly get away with in terms of new stuff, in terms of content. And, and honestly, I think this is I think, of course, yes, a lot of people are going to spend money on this. And I think a lot of those people are going to regret doing it. I think this is going to burn a lot of people. And in the long run, I, I don't think GW can't keep pulling this card. You can only do it so many times. They've been dangling almost nothing in front of people for five years, you know, on this promise. I mean,
2: Um, those veterans who played Fantasy Battle will end up dying at some point, right? Exactly. You're looking (laughs) at
0: this, that's our whole player base you're talking about.
2: No, I mean, not necessarily. Like in the local group in Berlin, a lot of the Kings of War players have never touched Fantasy Battle. And I think it's the same for Firefight. If to hire new players into Firefight, you go talk to 40k players, you're doing it the wrong way. Thank there you. are so, yeah, we've, many we've there, just, so many people out there, so many people out there who might be interested in tabletop gaming who have no idea about what 40k is. But if you show them, hey, this is what the tabletop hobby is like. Hey, by the way, Mentic is doing cool stuff. Have a look. I mean, if you don't have this crazy mindfuck of nostalgia, and you look at a 40k starter or a Firefight starter, or a Kings of War starter, or a, the Old World starter, or what is what the gaming experience is like, what should you choose? Come on. Anyway. But also,
1: plan. Great point, buddy. Uh, but also, memory is a tricky thing, and nostalgia is a tricky thing, and I think. We have this idea of uh, this golden summer from, you know, 1989 where we were young and the summer went on forever. And, you know, we were playing this game and oh, it was so fun. And, you know, God, like God, life was optimistic before 9-11. Uh, but, you know, this they're going to spend a ton of money on this big box. It's going to arrive and then you're going to start reading these rules. And they've already leaked some of the rules or released some of the rules and they sound dreadful. They, it sounds really fiddly. It sounds it's as as i page said something great on i'm up short which was this is going completely the opposite direction to most games most games are getting cleaner slicker faster less fiddly and this is the opposite of that now okay maybe some people want that but if you've been playing kings of war for years i think you're going to get a nasty shock when you try and play this dreadful game Because you're used to, you've been spoiled with a lovely clean game system. And you're going to go back and go, God, this is hard work. You know, oh, God, I've got
2: to to change formation. So I want to march faster. I I have to
1: move all of my... All of my individually um, based models, I have to move their formation to allow me just to march faster up the board. You know, God, do I have to? Do I really have to? You can't even use a movement tray because you'll have to change it. Or you, what do you have a spare movement tray and just move the models over or buy double models and just have them on your sidebar. And you go, right, I'm moving there. And it's, it's this is preposterous stuff, Steve. And, you know, people that are playing Kings of War are used to a lovely, slick tight game where you can play two games in an
0: evening and have a lovely old time and come on i think people will play it anyway if i'm honest with you i think uh, the old world will absolutely undercut our game because there are people who will look at it i think in the long term it won't overly affect the gaming market but we're we're in for a dry couple of years while people find out that it's not what they wanted you say
1: that but you've got 180 something people going to clash of kings which so the old world is going to drop in february or march and it's only f- four four months five months until your massive exciting tournament comes round. you know which has got a ton of people coming last year it sparked and quite rightly so a massive amount of enthusiasm from people it it, it did something you know and it, it's it, it's what it, it always should have been. It should be the, the Mantic event, the flagship event that creates excitement and draws people in. And for whatever reason, maybe it wasn't quite doing that before. But, you know, from your event last year, it's it's doing
0: that. So I, I oh, do yeah. think that will make a difference. And we've got uh, we've got more tickets coming on sale in January. Oh, exciting. EBC, so we've managed to expand the world. Well, we're just kind of finalising some details and there'll be some communication coming out, but we should be getting some more tickets we should be able to hit. Fingers crossed, touch wood. Um, we should be able to hit 200 this year, hopefully.
1: Oh, okay. So this isn't people who've asked for refunds. This is you've
0: you've expanded the capacity. There's been a couple of refunds. A couple of refunds. There's three or four. I think four refunds so far, um, including some XL goodie bags. A couple of XL goodie bags have been refunded. Oh,
1: could I please put my name down for an Excel goodie bag then? Because they were all sold out
0: by the time if I got there. If you're that. quick enough, young man, and when it comes what to what are you trying to imply? <laughs> um, so uh, come January there'll be a resale. And be when you say you're quick tickets. enough,
1: is it, is it enough me just saying it to you on the pod, or no? Is because there now more it happen? Happen?
0: Well, how come Chris just gets an Excel goodie bag because he's because he's Chris?
1: I don't thoughts. know. If look, if someone wants to start their own podcast and make
0: 32 <laughs> you guys episodes, you should have seen
2: Chris's face 10 seconds ago. <laughs>
0: Like if you'd disappointment asked me offline,
2: of nine-year-old before have, christmas
0: i would have immediately said yes if you'd asked me offline but uh since you've asked me while we're recording <laughs> no only fred, people fred, edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> fred don't edit this out i want it to be known that chris is corrupt
1: and,
2: okay, i, I... From day one, I've said I'm absolutely. It's it's very casually corrupt. It's like, (laughs) might as well get stuff out of this. You know,
1: why not?
0: Since when did we get 11% off what games? Matt's EU is it? Exactly, Steve. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's, it's, It's I don't say corruption because they make they make good products, but I mean it's you know. Clem said it, you know, you know, I'm just if if I could get some stuff
0: along the way, i will you know, why not scoop it up? Right. You know message. Message. I was gonna say massage me, I meant massage no message me. Message me, don't massage me, please don't massage me. Uh yeah, I'll talk to you in a minute. Don't what's that sixty pounds. £60, uh what's ten percent? Eleven percent off sixty pounds, what's that? Uh, well ten percent is six pounds. Um, that's good maths. Yes. <laughs> and then six pounds and a, and a bit. <laughs> what do you think? Twenty p.
1: let check about. if this
0: code works. What's what's the code? Uh, Mop oh, eleven. Mop
1: eleven, I think, isn't it? For game mat. Yeah, they're um what the the thing they do really really well is um the pre painted um terrain is brilliant, absolutely brilliant.
0: You can get it a six is... by four mat for fifty two pounds. Not bad. There you go. There you go. Hey.
1: And you were comp- and you were saying I couldn't have a goodie bag, honestly. Wow. They were. Um, I got I got a ton of their mats actually um, last year Black Friday, um, because I think they were selling six by four mats for something silly like seventeen euros each or something. I can't remember now, but it was really cheap. But they only they were all selling out crazy fast, so they, I just got six of one design. Um, but actually, luckily, I like that. <laughs> I like <laughs> that one design. But when it's that cheap, it's like I just get it now, and it's I got it, you know anyway didn't at some point I'm pretty sure I said we need to speed things up
2: um, Yes, yes, and <laughs> because you wanted to cut me off from 10 million kings of war I think now we're in penny lore, but we haven't said anything uh, the one thing that I have for you guys for penny lore, and that's uh, Vincent pointed me in that direction uh, it looks like Mantic has made a pretty cool website it's called firefightthegame.com and there's a bunch of lore in there and I had a quick look at it yeah, it's cool stuff and so I definitely want to explore a bit more. I was hoping I could read some in there and find cool tidbits and do a summary, but uh life has been busy and so you will have to do it on your own, folks. But anyway, firefightergame.com and there's a like slash I galaxy. I found the website.
1: That's that's great.
2: Super. It looks the like, website looks great. I know where I'm sending new potential new players to when I talk uh, to them about firefight and uh, yeah, love it. I think they're doing a great job with it.
1: Super. Let's So let's move on to some listening questions. So Tom King, Hey Tom, how did Mantic get away with uh, the name Epic Warpath without being sued? Uh, Idiot proof Dalek. Then so much. Yeah. So yes. So great question. Funnily enough, actually someone at Mantic mentioned this to me some weeks ago is the word Epic you you can't really trademark that, right? That's because it's gen, it's generic enough. Um, I think also because Warhammer stopped making that epic game a long time ago, that there's just, you know... I think, haven't um, Warlord Games been calling the epic scale already? So yep, there's, absolutely. presumably there's a precedent set that it's... Um, and I'm not sure, I mean, from Games Workshop's point of view, I don't think it would be a great look to be honest, to be suing companies like Mantic and Warlord down the road. You know, I think so they-,
2: they wouldn't give a shit about uh, looking good or not. Like, they would probably do it anyway. You think so? It, I guess. I'm not, I don't know. I'm a bit torn on the name of, on this naming. Because it's true that the Apex scale kind of gives everyone a reference point and so on. Um, I don't know. I don't love the name. Is uh, what I want to say, but anyway. to
1: me it's pretty evocative. But um, I've got to be honest; I think that's probably enough talking about the e- the word epic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fair enough.
1: <laughs> With looking at the time, plus how many questions we've got. So we anonymous. Are
0: push for time, as they as Chris says. Push for time that's our new
1: that's our new uh, catchphrase. Yeah. Anonymous. What can be done to make the tabletop community, uh, gaming community a less hostile space for women? Great question. Oh, um wow. I mean, this is this is something we always come back to, right? And we're probably not best placed to answer this because we are all middle-aged white dudes, right?
2: But um, still, I think, I'm sure there are things that we can do and we can have ideas and opinions about it. So, Chris, what's your think? Well, I think probably... <sighs>
1: god i I yeah, not doing very well
2: okay. so uh, one, thing, one thing i Next. have
1: thought about and maybe this is sort of a snowflakey thing to say i was i was torn whether i should actually mention this or not so one thing i do think about is for example you know rob Burman very kindly recorded a little uh, you know jingle for us the only podcast with the balls too and that's quite a um, 90s guy you know talk you know so maybe it's the snowflake in me, but I think uh, that is that excluding anyone. I don't know, but maybe, maybe that don't would. I know. I, I agree. Uh, right.
2: That's that's uh, one thing I would start, and uh, the other thing is we haven't invited any woman, uh, but it's also I there aren't that many that we would invite, and uh, we would love to, I guess. So if you're a woman listener and want to come and and chat and tell us about your experience and what you think would make your life easier please get in touch and we'll love uh, hearing what you have to say
1: to be honest we did a long time ago before we we're doing Map shorts we did want to do this topic an episode with this topic and i did invite people and um uh, they just you know uh, theoretically said yes but then didn't come back to us so um yeah, yeah i mean f- from my perspective i want the more people to be playing this as possible, you know, so we've got more, more possible opponents. And obviously if we're not just limiting ourselves somehow to, you know, middle-aged white dudes, it's got to be a good thing. Um, Yeah. I mean, funnily enough, I mentioned this to a friend of mine who who is not a white guy and um, very good, very good friend of mine who plays with me. And um, I, I mentioned it to him and he said, well, Chris, like, does, does it matter? Like, you know, and it's well. I just want more people to play with. I was quite surprised by his answer, actually. But um, it's like, well, yeah, I just want more people to play with, it. and I think it is healthy and more
2: interesting if there's new perspectives in a t- in a topic. You know, like yeah, if we I have- agree. I mean, from my perspective, what matters is uh, try to understand and from our perspective of people who are already inside. Why don't we have more? Like, is there something that we're doing that is off-putting? Uh, like what are the gatekeepers i mean spoiler alert yes i think there are some willing or not Uh, and and there's are things we can do right like nowadays i mean yes
1: it's more likely boys like this than girls right but loads of girls love marvel they love nerdy things they love star wars they love lord of the rings whatever so you know i I definitely Uh, think it's
2: yeah, there's a there's a ton of potential for it. Like uh, women are, are not less nerdy than us uh, dudes, right? I think there's maybe something to be done about which universes are represented as tabletop games, because what I know from listening to audiobooks with, uh, with my wife all the time, uh, we listen to a bunch of fantasy stuff, and the tropes there are completely different to what we have in tabletop gaming. Uh, Like it's a lot more like vampires and werewolves and whatever other stuff and like the universes are just different and this doesn't exist in miniature gaming at least not that I know Uh, and uh, I don't know maybe just a smart entrepreneur in the tabletop industry should buy rights to the most famous um, fantasy universe written by a woman for a woman audience. And try to do a small board game with miniatures thing and give it a try and try to bring in more women. Because the other thing is, it's very hard to be the first one. I know, like, when I was uh, taking theater classes, we were two dudes in a room of 30 people, and that is extremely stressful. Like, even if everyone is, has the best of intentions, it is extremely stressful. And so, yeah.
1: So we've got to be as sort of welcoming and friendly as possible. I just, I just treat them like it's normal, you know. But also, like yeah. like maybe Clem, something you mentioned of having things that, you know, women can relate to in the hobby or in the storytelling, having compelling female characters or just compelling characters in general, right? But, you know, having strong female characters that aren't just going to battle in their underpants and things like that would, would probably make a difference.
2: Yeah I mean so the yeah that's <laughs> that's uh that's kind of a level 0 right like uh, but also Mantic, like, I
1: mean there are you know like for example the 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 northern alliance clansmen they are clansmen and clans women they don't make a you know the, the women aren't you know the men aren't in furs and the women aren't in are in bikinis it's not like that they're all just you know warriors no, it's together decent.
2: i you mean know? the the half health berserkers are mostly women in shorts uh clothing though isn't it it's,
3: true, it's not, it's that, not, bad. It's it's not that bad it's not as
2: no. gratuitous as, as
3: right you know
1: not as much but or as, you,
2: as you said i think so that's obviously like if you have big boobs, miniatures, uh, this like might be a problem, like very off-putting. But uh, on top of this, you kind of need to have something that also speaks to uh, other audiences. And, uh, and again, it's not saying that women can't love like the Tolkien-inspired fantasy that we're using. My wife is a huge Tolkien nerd, for example. But there is something else. Uh, I don't know. That uh, just doesn't do it. Steve, what do you think?
0: So I think there's a number of elements to it. One is that um an all middle aged male gaming environment is a very intimidating place to walk into. You know, I, I And also, uh, let's be honest, probably not pretty appealing, let's be honest. No, you know, a bunch of smelly men with you know <laughs> um with our level of social skills is probably not not great. And I was talking to my daughter who who, who played a couple of games of King's Water, so she likes it. I said, Oh, you should come to a tournament. And she said, You're joking, I'm not gonna go to a to play with a bunch of middle aged men. And I was like, fair enough. And I think you know that it's that times a thousand. Um, there is, there's that. Then there you is- made,
1: Steve, you made a great point. Is actually the kind of people that stereotypically play tabletop games. They're not that well socially adjusted, I and mean, it's just, it's a stereotype. But you know, if you walk into, if you're a, if you're a lady walking into a room of 40 middle-aged men who are awkward themselves at the best of times, and um, you know. It, it, it's there's going to be a weird uh it likely you'll feel uncomfortable right no, no one
0: intends it but you know Maybe. i think it, 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 it it's a largely male environment you know whatever however, however weird we all are everyone's weird these days i think um a largely male environment is difficult for a for um a woman to walk into there's that i think there's the fact that we have a society where the idea of playing a game of war is a very male concept and we've all been raised raised in that society so the very fabric of our society is not created whereby the idea of warring is something that girls have been brought up into and that's that's a barrier to entry i mean our game is called kings of war right the very title of the game has a male archetype in it it's not queens of war it's not empires of battle it's kings all us kings together, right? So there's a number of significant barriers to entry.
1: That's a really good
0: point, Steve. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, really, yeah, 2020 hindsight, it's 10, years, 15, 20 years old now. So I think we are where we are. When you take my wife, my wife, you know, is the most wonderful person. Would do anything for me, and she, you know, she made a bunch of videos with me. She's just not interested in it. It's not her thing. You know, she likes murder mystery games. Um, the idea of painting a bunch of miniatures, it's not for her. And I think that's something we have to become accustomed to. But really that's inter-
1: not a boy, that's not a boy-girl thing though. That's just a personal, a person, it's just a, a person uh,
0: thing that doesn't. Yeah. Right. So I just, I think there is a, there is a gender dynamic in it. There is a, an existing layout thing in it. There are plenty of women that play miniature games. Um, you know, we have a proportion of them that play our games. I think it's, it's a very male place. I had a very really interesting conversation with a guy who was a bit of a misogynist a few years ago. And he was like, why? Why do you want women to play the game? And I was like, because I like women more than men. <laughs> and I want to share my hobby with them. And he was like, it's fine as it is. You know, there are plenty of women in my life. This is something that I do, which where there are men in it. And I was kind of like, I kind of, I saw his point of view that from his point of view, he was saying, look, This is half my life, which is largely spent by men. You know, I don't go out on a Friday and play football with a bunch of girls. I go out and play football on Friday with a bunch of guys, you know, and I play miniature games with a bunch of guys and the rest of my life has got women in it. And that's where they're My point
2: is not, oh, we must work hard and change things the way they are now to make sure we have 50% of women in the hobby. This is absolutely, I think, That's not my point, so that's not what I would be looking for. It's more any woman that seems interested in painting miniatures and and play strategic games with their toy soldiers is more than welcome to join. And for me, it's all the best because it means one more person I can play with. Uh, and so that's all right like it's not oh i absolutely need to convert and get uh, uh, every woman i know to love what i also love or uh, there needs to be 50 percent on the dots otherwise it's a problem i don't know i mean in in the local burning group uh, what what we've done not not me personally but some some of the members of local group have done is a flinta event so it's basically uh, trying to make a, a safe with just women or basically not cis uh, dudes and uh, i think it worked pretty well because basically for the women that were already in the group who were so big fans of tabletop gaming that they cope up with having like 10 men for one woman in in the in the room uh, but they can't bring some of their friends for example because like yeah they don't want i don't want to put my friends through any of this shit but if you make an event where it's women only, then it's a bit safer, a bit less stressful to bring their non-already gaming friends, uh, women friends. I and, mean.
1: and they can focus on the positive bits that they... they exactly. That they and then they can resonate present with it them. the way so what they if,
2: like and what what they they want to do. Anyway, so,
1: Clem, that's a great point. So from Mantic's perspective, maybe there could be a volunteer position which is you know inclusivity officer or something who might be you know a lady that plays semantic games or whatever um, and someone who could you know d- do these kinds of events or foster this kind of sub-community of let, let's be honest quite a niche small community yeah um, maybe who knows maybe, maybe and, you know, they can maybe do... if there's a there's a beacon to attract like, because yeah. it, you know, it's as you say, it's just not a done, it's not a thing. It's, you know, yeah. w- women playing war games is not necessarily a thing, but you know, with the power of the internet, etc., then there may not be that many of them. There all, might be all s- loads of women interested who are scattered around the place, don't yeah. have any friends that are that interested. We could somehow
2: bring them together, yeah. And I, another thing I wanted to say is, um, I think a good woman that can be brought into tabletop is young one. <laughs> because i think when you're maybe 10 or something you're maybe l- a bit less socialized or not yet fully socialized or only do boys stuff or girl stuff and so i think if you have uh, also club and activities uh, oriented toward kids it's a lot easier to have it uh, work for both boys and girls and uh, so for example if MenSIC were to support you know school clubs with hey here is a dungeon saga box or five of them or whatever and uh you know if there's a teacher somewhere that is motivated to as himself or herself uh, a tabletop gamer uh, you know do a creative workshop and hey let's paint miniatures and let's play games i'm sure that's how you hire you know future more diverse uh, yeah, tabletop complete, gamers com,
1: that's a great idea and i'm I'm really glad you went down that road that path with that clem because when you started talking about young ladies with a bunch of middle-aged men i was like uh, where's this going but um i mean you know just to mention my daughter who's, who's just about to turn seven in a few months it's great sitting down and painting models with her it's great she enjoys it i enjoy it it's quality daddy daughter time that's fantastic super um so i think to summarize that because I think we've got to move things along. But obviously, it's an, it's a question that isn't going away. It's a very important question, and um, I think it's very it's very difficult, right? It's it's a very hard it's a very hard topic. And I suspect the the you know the Mantic community is very very nice and friendly, but I suspect if you start pushing this, the small minority who don't like this idea, that the 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 you know the people that think no, this is my this is my time, you know my 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 sacred time with the guys kind of thing. And I want it to stay that way. I, I, there may be a little bit of uh, pushback as well. So, but anyway, um, any final thoughts guys, before we leave that topic behind? No,
2: I think we'll, uh, we'll just support whatever initiative comes in that direction. And I think yeah. we can just uh, make it very clear that we support this. And I, oh, one thing I wanted to check, or uh, but I don't want to put you on the spot, Steve, uh, like in the code of conduct or like the, Tournament pack and like even pack uh, maybe there are some signals or some stuff you can uh, add to make it clear that uh, it sounds stupid to say but like women are welcome or like we're not a bunch of machos or I don't know how you phrase it properly but you know, kind of give some reassurances and act on it. I know from the um, uh, like the tech world, for example, a lot of tech conferences had a bunch of issues with harassment and stuff like this. And then they sat down and wrote good code of conduct and put in place uh, tons of measures to make sure that this does not happen. I'm not sure we've had that issue in tabletop yet, but uh, anything we can, you know, like pre preventive measures we can have, I'm sure are a good idea.
0: Think we're relatively lucky in the Kings of War space in that um that kind of behaviour doesn't happen. And certainly the the women that came to Clash of Kings last year only spoke in positive terms about how they were treated and how they enjoyed it and our planning to come back. And um certainly from the ticket sales it seems that we have more women um coming for next year than we had last year. So Oh that's great sign, Steve. Hey, yeah, you know, it is. I think as you get bigger, you get more representation. It's still a colossally male environment and that's just wargaming um i i i you know we we definitely foster an act, uh uh an environment of inclusivity um we want to and uh, if there was any suggestion that anyone was not acting in in an inclusive fashion well, i would immediately exclude them permanently so
2: i'm not worried about it and it's true but the thing is well, I'm the main I'm not the main target anyway, and I've been there and I know you as a person and I know it's a safe environment. What I'm saying is even if words are free, sometimes it's good to have them out there as well. But anyway, I think we can move on to the next yeah, topic, yeah, guys. Great.
1: Super. So Rob Bowman, hey Rob, is asking uh, my question is, with the Walking Dead All Out War making a comeback from Mantic, what other game would you like to see making a comeback or a new edition for twenty four, twenty five? Um Uh, Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm going to I'm going to give the suck up answer and say, of course, Overdrive demands a new version. But um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, at the moment, I mean, I think there's likely to be uh, I think definitely Vanguard is coming back. And actually, I think I've changed my mind on this is rather than wanting Kings of War champions, as we were calling it, I'd be quite happy now because because I feel like I've got Ambush, I've got Dead Zone. I'd rather actually have Vanguard with more kind of campaign based things. So give me Vanguard with somehow less tokens. I don't want to have, you know, arcs for individual models. Maybe get rid of that. But um, yeah, just give us like a campaign-based game that, um, you know, you have your war band, you can play a little um, campaign in the weekend or something or play with your friends on an ongoing basis and maybe someone loses a leg. I've
2: I've, I've flipped the other way, Clem. I've, I've gone, give us a crunchy game. That's interesting. I think, so obviously... Vanguard as a vote from me, and I thought more about it too. And um, I think for me the most important part is I want it on a two by two. And uh, I think it is cool to explore other game mechanics as well as you mentioned, like more, maybe more campaign stuff and and so on. But I think having something you can play uh, pretty easily on a two by two, like a dead zone size table, that really fits very easily anywhere. Um, I think this is a this would be uh, this would be pretty cool, yep. And Steve, Steve
1: only plays Kings
0: of War, so yeah, there's so no need yeah. for it. I'd like a return of uh Kings of War, please, if that's okay. This is the only podcast with the balls to do all the games,
1: right? The glorious return. Hey, when are we expecting fourth edition? Do we know two years? Right. We know year? this is not something we can answer. Good. Okay, and then just. I think
2: quickly. yeah, I think the um, Roni talked about it, right? When the the compendium uh, was published, uh, did he not mention this book would be good for three or four years? I guess they can adjust their plans because Mantic yeah. is definitely a company that adjusts their plans. Um, I, but I think there's also a whole whole topic in itself like right now do it doesn't mean yeah the fourth edition it
1: King doesn't Award? as i was going to say actually at the moment it doesn't the game's in a pretty good spot it doesn't feel like it needs a new edition right so anyway let's move on danny graves hey danny i don't want to ask a question but i i don't want you to answer questions all i want for christmas is for you guys to come up with a panathol based christmas song and to sing it to us um well i tell you what danny probably we won't do that but maybe clem we take that we just think up some clever quote unquote lyrics and just see if we could manage it like a court like a jingle or something uh erasmus burger hey erasmus if you could refresh a faction of your choice which would it be and how would you go about it it looks like mantic are typically limited to four new plastic sprues yeah i think we, we know what mantic are actually going to do the one i keep thinking about is and it's because it's an army i really like but it's the trident realm but i know yeah i think mantic are limited to four plastic sprues and that's got too many large infantry choices and, and heavy infantry and you know so if the moment you start looking at that well we'd like a, sp- a sprue of full sure we'd like a, spr- a sprue of placoderms we'd like depth horrors I mean uh, you, those four sprues aren't going to go very far
2: you know um, so I think that's a, that's a tricky one to do what about you guys? For me um, I think what they're missing at the moment is a good human faction Right. Um, and uh, when you say th- good, you don't mean no, good no, as no, in good versus evil. Interesting. No, no, no. I, I hate yeah. good and evil. No, but an interesting human-centered faction, because Basilia, the list is kind of weird. I guess it's just that I hate palace Palascars and I hate Eloise. And whenever you see a list of Basilia, that's the most stuff uh, you see on the on the table what we said for the ambush starter, like with the the, um, crossbowmen or the pikes or the whatever. Who uses them in an army? Basically no one, right? Or when you look at competitive lists or public lists, you don't see those models. So I wish there was something a bit like this. I am not necessarily a big um, uh, advocate for kingdoms of men. Except, I think they could do a deal with whichever other plastic manufacturer and say, you know what, those models for Saga or for Oathmark or for whatever, well, we actually bring them in if the style matches. And this is Kingdom. This is one option to do Kingdoms of Men. I don't necessarily need to see Mantic Kingdom of Men models. But yeah, like as, as Steve mentioned as well earlier, right? Like I want to do Fanatics the only sort of working human model that uh, I could find in the Mantic range is the clansmen. So I think... Yeah. Which is thematically feels very different, right? Why are these it, guys dressed it, up for the winter. It, and they will other, need some work, yes, to... to
1: the to other thing them. is, like, yeah, I can understand sort of angels, you know, yeah, okay. But because Games Workshop have got their angels range what well, i forgot what it's called Stonecast eternals it, mantic i just don't think Mantic are going to manage to sell many models because you're going
2: well, up against the poster faction for games workshop it's, they could if they had nice ones right i think the current Elois are a bit uh, more ancient i think my main Concern with the Brazilian list as it is now is it does not support you taking big blobs of infantry, and I think what I would actually think of as a Basilia ar- Basilian army, when you read the lore books, when you imagine okay Basilia is going to war, what do they take? They don't take four uh, three hordes of Helois, right? This this is just stupid, and so maybe the Helois should be a bit more unique and be more like because they have a rule already like right if you are engaged uh, you get uh, elite or something right if you're a human and engaged uh what's it called divan fervor steve helped me with the rules
0: here we've lost steve sorry i was too busy writing a, a mantic christmas song
2: oh nice <laughs> no but so the the yellow is they, they give a rule to humans when they're engaged in the same battle right
0: uh, yeah,
2: maybe divine favor or something like this. Divine They give
0: elite. Is it elite?
2: I guess. Whatever. What I'm saying is, I want to see less Eloise and more actual humans. And so the faction I would redo is probably Basilia, like some good flagship. This is what Panithor looks like. Uh, human faction. You know, like poster boys of uh, Panithor Basilia. Yeah, right?
1: I think. We, when we interviewed Ronnie we did sort of touch on this point and I think it is sounds like it might
0: be coming 2025 right cool what about you Steve um, Mantic Games Mantic Games Minis all the year Morgoth's mad and Jarvis is good and undead still OPE Night Stalkers Northern Alliance what's your favourite race Clem Waloney play 10 mil and Mantic fits the bill great
1: that was excellent Steve <laughs> that was so enjoyable
0: that's, that's I mean, how oh, you deliver
1: bless you Fred, can you please clip that? And you know, that's so good. Thanks, buddy. Um, fantastic. And Steve, if you were to, you know, refresh a range, you know, with pu- new hard plastic sprues, elves. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, the way elves.
2: So, so what are the four elves. sprues for elves that you create? You you can uh, order four sprues like commission four sprues for the elves. What are you doing, Steve?
0: So you have just a, a mixture of, of um, Spearman Palace Garden and art, and like. Clay slash probably, That yeah. would probably be over two sprues at least, wouldn't it? You'd have you'd have a couple of sprues, and there'd be either palace guard spears, infantry choices, or archers slash Gladestalkers, right? It's, it's 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 an absolute. Clip. Lots of people like playing elves. They're extremely OP faction. They're really popular. Um, so Steve, why haven't Mantic refreshed elves a cost, or... isn't it really? So they still have probably loads of stock. Um, I think. You know they they had a, the the league of infamy box has got some brilliant new elf miniatures in it um i think they're right for the for the doing i think elves were the first range that mantic stepped into um they they made those miniatures like 70 percent smaller than they meant to so they're very spindly i think with the noise they have now they could do they could do great things with elves. they've got great dracon miniatures um, a new dragon would go down very well because their old dragon is ugly. Um, I think it's just...
2: They've done elves, the baddies,
0: recently. But otherwise,
2: I agree. You've you've kind of convinced me. Because um, that's true. When I saw the League of Infamy Models, I was like, oh, great. That's the next army that they will refresh, right? Obviously, because they have great skulls <laughs> for that range. They just yeah. have to do a couple of sprues and that's it. Or like four sprues because that's how they roll now. Yeah. and
0: that's it, and they haven't, so that's true. I, no, elves, play Stalkers and, and Hunters of the Wild, uh, you know, you can Some cavalry, to. maybe, or I'm like sick. a monster? Yeah, maybe. I think, you know, it's just, um, it's right for the doing. They've got some great resins to go with them. I would love to, I I would immediately paint a new elf army. I like playing elves. Elves are very strong, they're really fun to play. My elves look very tired, they were the first army ever painted, I still haven't sold them, but um, I, I would love to paint a new elf army with new elf minis.
2: Yeah. You definitely strike me as a filthy elf, player,
0: Steve. I look, so I am an elf. That's on character. 100% an elf. That's what I am. Keep talking, Steve. Why? Why are you 100% an elf? I've got pointy ears and uh <laughs> very annoying. <laughs> and I live for 10,000 years. If you don't like, put me down.
1: You do look very young for your age, actually, Steve. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in a positive. the positive virgins that I uh, that I bathe in. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Well, you know, life on the road, Steve. You know, when you're staying in hotels, I was, I remember years ago, and I was, I was working up in Charming Liverpool, um, doing doing some consulting work, and I was in the hotel, and i uh, I had, um, you know, literally two hours between meetings, and I was just walking around Liverpool on a Tuesday morning at like ten a.m., and I, I, I just came upon a retro video game shop. And they had a Sega Mega Drive. And it's like, my God. And it was back in those days, it was, these things were cheap, right? So I think for about a hundred quid, I got a Sega Mega Drive, two controllers, a load of games to quickly ran it back to the hotel. And then, um, came, came home, you know, all day. I was excited to get back and play on the Mega Drive. And, um, I couldn't get couldn't get the cables working so I called up to the called down to reception hey could you send someone to help me with something and this uh, y- poor young man arrived looking very suspicious like uh, what am I walking into here and I was saying can you help me get this uh, come over to the bed and help me hook this up uh, but he was very very nice very helpful and he got the Mega Drive working And I was playing Aladdin and having a wonderful old time of it uh, so yeah so I, th- I I think from the look on his face he's been called up to some weird hotel room situations anyway i'm not doing a good job of moving this along so martin hawk hey martin uh you know competition winner my question for the next podcast episode would be what are your wishes for 2024 from mantic and is there a, a thing mantic could improve on in the next year's uh, smiley face um. yes a nice easy question for us to, to get our teeth into yes Um. wishes for 2024 I mean to be honest they've already announced uh, some amazing things bringing back The Walking Dead that's great it was always a fantastic game you know the the um, epic scale sci-fi game that sounds brilliant right Clem Um. you know bringing out some you know in, improving the ranges for things like asterians that's really great. We also have a good idea of what's coming which is always great because obviously uh, you know planning an army even for me it's a big project. So knowing you know when I look at the the, the twilight kin and I jumped on that I did have a quick look okay what other armies are, are coming soon? No, I'm happy with the twilight kin. So <clears throat> I think yeah they they're pulling things to to, together really well. They brought Andy on board um, it is going to be interesting what happens with the old, old world um, there's no doubt about it but um I, I just i just get the sense that mantic are, everything they're doing is they're all pulling in one direction it all makes sense everything is tied together and maybe five years ago perhaps that wasn't necessarily the case so yeah i i think it's 2023 i think was a great year for mantic i think 2024 is going to be even better and steve
2: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, keep building up on what they've been doing because they've been nailing it lately. Like the Vault is uh, a great addition. Um, Dungeon Saga Origins, I really like as well. Um, The quality of the sprues that they've been putting out is just mind blowing, and so I definitely want them to keep putting out uh, more of these sprues out. Uh, It's awesome that they have four sprues per release now. Maybe they could do um, some more on top of it, or like have a major release and a minor release, like uh, you know, release one more sprue, one more hero, whatever, for another army. Uh, But just they need more manpower, I suppose, to get this stuff done, and more cash, Uh,
1: to be honest.
2: More cash, yeah, but that that all comes hand in hand, right? Like it's uh, if, if business is going well because they do good stuff, it funds the next uh, expenses. And so I hope they've been doing okay and they c- it can fund even more stuff in the future. Obviously, I don't want them to overextend and uh, put out too much stuff of uh, lower quality. But uh, I think, yeah, they, they're on a good way to keep growing. And um, I think they need to uh, do put out more content and support the community. They're doing it okay already, but uh, there's a reason why we started this podcast as well, because there weren't any, uh, like, really what we wanted to hear. Uh, and I think there are also tons more formula for podcasts and videos and written content on blogs and so on just to... Uh, uh, you know, make the communities uh, for their games richer and richer and I think they can support that. And them hiring Andy, I think, is 100% going in that direction, so that makes me happy. And, uh, yeah, so my wishes for 24 is that uh, I want to see the epic game and uh, go crazy on it. And uh, I want to see what they do for forces of the Beast, and I'm eager to also see what the next armies are.
0: So, yeah. Steve. So what's my hope for Manning for 24? Um gosh i hope that um their new re- their recruitment kind of uh gives us a, a bunch of people that can really support the community and grow the community um i hope their their the new minis are, are super super good i think you know i'm really looking forward to the twilight King releases i really hope that people get behind those um yeah at, my, at the moment mantic wise i'm really <laughs> because i'm very selfish i'm mainly focused on clash of kings and um you know, the tournament and making sure that it's a great tournament and that we're fully supported and that it goes really well. I think, you know, that it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a key year for Kings of War this year because the old world is coming and it's going to have a massive effect on the world of ranks and flanks. And I think um, seeing how we can grow the scene and develop kind of uh, the international Kings of War communities is a really important part of that. So I don't really have any specific wishes. I'm a very easygoing guy. I've tried to put the future I just kind of want to see unless someone tries to give him a free bust. Uh, it has to be a bust, guys. That's what I hope from Mantic is they give us some bust, which is actually a head and shoulders of a man.
1: If you're thing. gonna call something a bust, all right, Mantic, give a us a
0: bust. Giant pair of don't t- give t- us nearly
1: a bust. Don't give bust. us your approximation of a bust. We need
0: a bust. Yeah. Brexit means Brexit, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> My wish is that I have more players to play Kings of War with. Well, one of my my good friends, Cy Brand, just uh, emailed me to say that we're going to play regularly in the new, and live an hour away from each other. So we're going to play regularly in the new year. And I'm excited about that because Cy is an amazing player. And hopefully by being thrashed by him on the regular, I can become a better player as well. Sounds
2: brilliant. Mm. I just forgot one thing uh, I wanted to say for 24. Um, I've seen with Dungeon Saga Origins that they've, right from the start... Uh, created the, all the written stuff in also French, Spanish and German I believe and for me that's a very good interesting move and um, yeah I wish uh, Mentic um, can keep supporting the international version of their games uh, Mentic is not doing too great in Germany from what I understand and so I hope they manage to turn this around um, there are now a decent amount of uh, distributors in Germany so if I want to get semantic models and get them to my house quick uh, I do have more options now than I did a year ago so they are working on this I believe in the background Um, I think they can do more to again support the community and uh, try to um, make it uh, more uh, global um, present game so yeah
0: Mm. Do you think really, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it, how Mantic is pursuing the kind of Firefly, but Firefly hasn't quite kind of, it hasn't quite had the impact we'd hoped it would. Is it it though? Is it it a futile exercise to to laugh in the face of 40k? Is that a futile exercise or is it something worth pursuing, do you think?
2: I mean, I don't think they've lost any money with it, right? Like, uh, yes, Kings of War is still their main game, but... I think they're building for the future with firefight and it gives them the opportunity to release cool stuff that is can be used with uh, uh also the um, like dead zone and all the stuff. So I I wouldn't call it futile like I don't know I have the impression that you're very focused on <laughs> what the big guy in the room is doing and uh, I kind of disagree with it like there are so many people that are not already in the hobby and so to them, Games Workshop is just something they don't know. So mm. if you bring them in through the door to Mantic stuff, I think they have a lot less uh, impulse to to go to the
0: to, to the big guy in the room. I think so, you're right. I think there's a there's a huge proportion of the wargaming world as well that just sits playing historicals, right? There's a like bolt action is a massive game.
2: And, it uh, is. It's a very big uh, big player audience. It's I would say it's quite a different universe though because. Uh, I think a lot of the players there also enjoy um, like the historical aspect of it, particularly. So you will not bring these people to play Firefight ever, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. It's interesting. I just think um, it's interesting because we play relatively small scale games. And when you have a, a small, robust player group, it's great. But if you don't have many players to play with, it can be it can feel frustrating. And that's probably where my frustration comes from. Is that where I go to play games? I see people relatively easily picking up a game of 40k anytime, anytime, anytime they want. Whereas if I want a game of Kings of War, I have to arrange it very specifically with the same three people, which is fine. And I love those three people. Yeah, but then just
2: find a fourth person to, and bring them into the hobby, right?
0: I will, <laughs> that, That's the trick, right, Clem?
2: It is, but I'm I'm I, I'm joking, but I'm also very serious, like. That's why we're doing the fast grow that we am going to talk about later. Maybe if we have time.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's do it now. No, we don't. We oh, don't. We definitely don't have the time. It's <laughs> way too. It's way too late, guys. We're gonna to have to do it and as a as a mup short, guys.
2: It's way. We it's did way already, too late Chris, to... but we can do another one. Like, hey, you've started. Yeah, yeah follow
1: up so... episode. Yeah, yeah, follow up episode. We can just say we're the three of us are all in the uh, the fast grow project, right? So I'm doing yeah. my twilight It Already started. Clem, you're doing your gobos.
2: Yeah, I, I ordered some gobos. They haven't arrived yet. And I will also definitely do Northern Alliance with my wife.
1: Oh, perfect. This is great. So let's just do this, but do it quickly. That's fantastic, Clem. So what have you ordered for your goblin? I guess the, the ambush boxes, right? They are so good.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the... Um, I've basically followed up on the plan that I uh, described in the in the mob um, short. So I've ordered two ambush boxes and a Sorry, trombo. Clem, just
1: for a second. I think Mark's joined us oh mark so happy you're here buddy hey how's it going guys yeah really good really good we're, do, we're just talking about our our topic of the month we're gonna do it fairly quickly but because you are here let's do let's do it so we're just talking about the uh the mup fast grow so clem's talking about his goblins
3: there you go well continue clem i'm not here to interrupt so
2: yeah, that's all right so yeah it's just uh, i haven't received them yet but Got the ambu- a couple of ambush boxes, and then fun f- fun thing happened. A German store was having a sale with I think twenty five percent off. I'm a sucker for a good sale, so I ordered the new two player starter sets, um, splitting it with the local player who was also getting started. So I'm getting Twilight Cane from it. And uh, because I thought, ah, Mantic hasn't shipped my two uh, ambush boxes yet. I will get two more ambush, goblin ambush boxes so that I'm sure I will get them soon. <laughs> and so now I have four goblin ambush boxes on the way. Uh, and I got the shipping notification. So Mantic so, uh, <laughs> will arrive tomorrow and the German ones will arrive the day after. But you need a bunch of goblins for a goblin army. So they will they will come in handy later. And, uh, Sorry,
1: Clem, just to interrupt something to uh, just to mention quickly while I think about it. Clem, we talked about my corruption earlier, which is definitely true. But I don't remember you complaining as you were carrying your mat away this weekend. Well, I didn't to me, get to choose it. Have you got a it? bag
2: for me? You, you, chose, you chose the best one and gave me the other one. <laughs> don't deny it. But it is true. I did get a free mat. You accepted. Uh, and you I, and I did not steal your bag because accepted. you wanted to send me on a four hour train ride without a, a bag for bag my mats. I
1: was offer off you. Some tape. tape. Um, uh, super. Oh, my audio seems to have gone strange. Super. And uh, Steve's doing his Basilians. basilians. Mark, God, are you oh, Are men. you doing. How dare you? I'm doing Kings of Men. Oh, you're doing Kings of Men. Of course you are. And
3: Mark, are you doing. Um, what are you doing for the Fast map? I'm going to be. Uh, cheap, and I'm going to do the um, Rift Forge arcs, which I was supposed to do for another challenge, and I've only done one base of. So I need the motivation to get it done, so that's what I'm going to do. Now, Steve has me uh, driving away on a new painting style on my halflings, but that's not good enough for prime time yet. So I'm going to finish up uh, doing a little highlighting on those, and once I get those passed by the professor, I will uh, start working on my Rift for Jorks, but those guys I already did the color test and you know I did a sample base. I have one regiment done, so but I'm not going to cheat and count them. Everything else is just built um, and primed part of it, uh, but I'm going to start raw. So I'm going to design the list and uh, knock it out. I've got a bunch of the resin Hell Strikers. I didn't jump on the uh, month one free Hellstriker train. I paid for mine. So I am going to work on those. Uh, they'll feature in the Army uh, some Rift Forgers. Uh, I'll probably try a mini version of the Rift Forge Orcs that I played uh, at Clash that Steve provided me with. So I'll probably do something like that. So Steve, look forward to a, uh email or something asking uh, how I can scale that down a bit and still be okay. So
0: I'm on it.
2: No problem. Scale I mean, it
3: down, just put it to ten
2: millimeters and you're fine.
3: <laughs> I can't wait to do that. Uh, someone's gotta uh, somehow I gotta figure out how to use this mess mixer that everybody's using to put all the pieces together so you can it's just print them in one go. So
2: some work, yes. Anyway, it was just a tease to Chris because he loves every time I talk about it.
3: <laughs> hey, I printed some of the um EOD uh, sandworm types uh on my fdm printer over the weekend they didn't turn out horrible oh so brilliant. i mean you can you can see the form and what they're supposed to be so i'm uh i was excited about that so i'm starting to percolate what 10 millimeter uh empire of dust army can i put together so yeah too go. many projects not enough time yeah so many universe so little time
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh beautifully done Claire. Fantastic. Yeah See? beautiful. Beautiful. This is Fred reminding you to visit the Kings of War Forum, KOWforum.com. No ads, no commercials. That's kowforum.com Oh and
1: Mark, there was something uh I wanted to mention as well because I think it's basically a year since you were first on the pod.
3: Oh, and, hi um, everybody!
1: <laughs> you were on the episode "Merry Christmas" with Mark Zelinsky, and uh, we had such a lovely time. You basically haven't left us since, and uh, we're very happy for it. But yeah, I just wanted to say, Mark, uh, you know, obviously you you put a lot of you know behind the scenes, you put a lot of work into Mantic Universe podcast. You know, you've you've helped us massively, and um, you know, Mup Shorts was was all your idea, and it's a, a brilliant idea it is too. And uh, yeah, just wanted to say a big heart, heartfelt thanks. Uh, you know, with the festive period coming. Coming up, but uh, and uh, as you know, we've cha- I've changed it now. So instead of saying it from Chris, Chris and Clem, when you you know the podcast information, it's now the three of us. So I just wanted to say a big heartfelt thanks to to everything you put into the pod and just how much fun it is to uh, to be on this journey with you, buddy.
3: Well, I am uh, honored and privileged to be here, and thank you very much. You guys are great to work with, and uh, you know uh, Steve's here. I think we've got an excellent crew that we're putting together and uh yeah it's great so i'm just glad we're able to crank all this stuff out and we've got so many outstanding plans for the future that's the best part so lots and lots of stuff percolating around in the episode list so i can't wait that it just like there's you know there's too much universe, not enough time, you know,
1: I tell you what, I was really, we've got a great episode in the can from our, um, from our weekend, our fight weekend, Mark. Um, so that one's nearly ready to, to go. But, but also what I was really, really happy with is Peter put together a little mup short and, you know, he's, he's quite a quiet guy. You know, he's not, uh, not an extroverted guy. I think it's fair to say. And, um, yeah, he, he just had a quick chat with, uh, Kieran, a very nice guy that they met, they met at the, uh, The Northern, uh, I was going to say Northern Alliance, that's not right. The, uh, sorry guys, I'm very tired at this point. The uh, Northern Kings con. And uh, so it's just, you know, people getting involved. And that's a great little episode they've put together between the two of them. It's just, uh, it's just great to see, you know?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, We got to get Peter on the shorts team and uh, he is my sidekick for the wing to SAR episode. So, which is going to be great. So uh, we're getting uh, doing some reading so we can get ready for the next episode. So very excited about that. So we're gonna uh, Ben Stoddard's novel is coming out. So that will be our next episode on that. So as soon as that is ready for tr- primetime, folks, you will be hearing all about it. So we can all get ready for Pride of the King. So.
1: Very exciting, uh, exciting stuff. And so we were just talking very briefly about the, the, the fast grow. I think we also need to um, – we, we mentioned at one point we were going to do a kind of a little charity event with um, Scott from Palette of War. So we're going to have to finalize that pretty quick, guys, with Christmas fast up, upon us. But yeah.
2: – um, I think the plan yeah. will is still uh, we'll uh, announce it not too last minute, obviously, hopefully – Uh, sometime in December when we have a bit more time off of work I think the other thing we should do pretty soon is uh, put in our calendar uh, closing celebration events like a 750 or whatever size you guys like for your local events uh, ambush tournament or gaming day Uh, sometimes in March I believe is uh, appropriate to give everyone enough time uh, to get their army ready even if Steve will be done in a weekend and Chris as well like Before I assemble my first goblin, I'm sure they will be done with their armies. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Uh, let's uh, give us a bit of time, but put it in the calendar for everyone and organize demo days, like demo games also during this day. Bring in also veterans who don't participate in the fast grow, but just still have a Kings of War army. Let's all organize an event sometime in March and uh, you know celebrate the community and have a good time playing the game we love. Brilliant.
1: And Mark, we've you know, we, we've been in, this is going to be a big old episode. Is there anything, um, do you want to give us a
3: quick update of what you've been up to? Uh, as of right now, we're looking at Adepticon and checking out the schedule. Um, right now, the Ambush Teams tournament is scheduled to go for 10 hours. It's like, oh man, I don't know if I can do that. So uh, Clem was just talking about find a way to do your end of the month fast, fast MUP. Month. Maybe Adepticon uh, it just popped into my head. So um, Oh,
1: that would be cool.
3: You know, maybe that would be the time to do it because, uh, you know, people were taking a look at what we can do with ambush and uh, boy, 10 hours for a tournament is just a lot, right. especially um, when it comes.
0: Well, yeah. Especially when it comes to ambush, <laughs> what's that? What happened to our plans to go to America, guys? Weren't we going to go to America this year to do a tournament? Uh, well i i think we'll be i
1: think the big thing for me is i'm coming to you steve for clash of kings oh, so and I, then,
0: it. Oh, I think okay. we i saying? think we're also oh. i think we're also oh I see. I see i think
1: we're also going to um Ireland is a is is something we hope happens which yeah. will be hopefully close to clash of kings so that obviously people can travel quite a long distance and do both is our is our idea um, but then maybe yeah 2025 let's um
0: 25 okay that's funny <laughs> yeah oh
3: well, yeah i mean
0: it, you know time I'm flies hoping, guys we
3: can, you know yeah 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 Personally, i'm hoping ireland's like in october or somewhere where i can uh manipulate the uh airline and uh see if i can get some cheap tickets so that would be great so
1: hmm. okay good 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 um but um yeah but i think you know i, I mean obviously a trip to the u.s is not going to be cheap and i think if we start you know thinking about it now then i think it's far more likely
2: to be a thing right so um yeah yeah you just need to synchronize and, uh, and organize something like that uh i mean Adepticon 24 is probably too soon for us to join like right? didn't they sell the tickets out already i think for Adepticon, no yeah.
3: they they're not even on sale yet so right but
2: the, okay so there's still an opening for it but it's the type of thing that you need to Really jump onto, uh, otherwise they sell out pretty quickly, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, they're gonna go live in uh, January. So, um, actually, you know what? I'll put a quick short together for that, and we'll get the information out for the community. So, um, sounds good. And we'll talk about it. Yeah, but yeah, it's coming. It's coming soon. So, but yeah, um, going to Adepticon is like buying concert tickets. Okay, insert favorite band here that sells out immediately. You know, you're in there typing away. Hoping to God you get whatever you can get out of it. So, uh, But you're pretty good for the Mantic events. Uh, you should be able to get into Adepticlash pretty easily. Actually, Adepticlash sold out last year. I think we got two expansions on the number of uh, people that could play. So uh, not too bad. Not too bad. And um, we did really well for the team tournament, too. Firefight. Uh, so I'm hoping for more this year. So we'll have to see. Um, I took a very quick look at the Mantic Adepticon events, uh, but I don't have them laid out. The only one I focused on was the team tournament um, because they said it was an ambush event. And so I was talking to Colin about it and it's like, he looked at me and says, Dad, this is 10 hours long. I said, yeah, I get it. It's a Adepticon, but uh, so we'll figure something out. So, but I know they're having an Armada event, Firefight event, Dead Zone, of course. So, you know. Again, how is it ten hours? Enough. How many games is that? It's only three games. So are they yeah, so I spread out? Yeah, they're putting uh two and a half hours on the clock, fifteen minute in between games and dinner break. So oh, okay.
0: hours per game is ludicrously long. Yeah.
3: yeah, two hours and fifteen minutes per game on the clock. So yeah. 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 Seems but seems a uh, yeah. Yeah, well it's because it's a team tournament, so each I'll bet that it's gonna be nineteen or nine hundred and ninety five points per player. So last year we played a thousand points, so I don't see much of the difference. But uh I think that's how it's gonna work.
1: I think is it rules wise there's if you go a uh, thousand points or more, you can take more stuff. Is it something like that? Is right. it is well, it one of those break to- points?
3: Yeah, you also have the ambush, you know, using the ambush rules, you're limited on those super big point units. So
2: right,
1: I right.
3: think, I think that's what it doesn't make a at.
2: difference for ambush, Chris. Like nine right. uh, one thousand or nine hundred and ninety five for ambush is the same. Oh, Just okay. so, some people argue that the ambush rules say, Oh, you can do up to nine hundred and ninety-five, meaning you cannot do one thousand like watch me. <laughs> of course I'm right. gonna do one thousand makes zero difference and the companion lets you do a thousand point list in, uh, in bush. so anyway what
0: about if you had a tournament whereby the amount of points you take affects the amount of clock you have so like Ooh, you can bring like a three thousand point army but you only have like half an hour on the clock or you can bring like a five hundred point army and you have two hours on the clock
2: <laughs> that sounds oh, interesting yeah that'd be yeah that'd be it's, wild
0: it's scaled so you can choose what points you bring compared to how much clock you have
2: how many dragons can you fit in 3000 points <laughs> and play them as fast as possible just like a just like a pig but just rush it I don't think you gain much by having a lot less points but a lot more time because good players don't clock out do they
0: uh, no
3: uh, not usually uh... <laughs> I'll take it by that Steve has clocked out recently so
0: uh many times
3: <laughs> i don't you want know, clock out
1: i normally just lose before then. you know normally got plenty of time
2: yeah, yeah i usually don't have to clock out i don't know units on the table anyway so i have plenty of time left exactly everything is already back in my
3: case what's the issue <laughs> my biggest problem is always lose like late on the last turn so you know i'm I'm all the way up there. I've only got a little bit left on the clock and then I lose. So, you know, instead of getting off early an hour early and get wiped out, you know, I try to fight to the bitter end, but uh we'll have to see. You know, Adepticon would be the perfect place for Clocks of War. I don't know why we don't do it, but that would be the
0: perfect place for Clocks of War. We did when I was there. I played um, Did we?
3: Yeah, I played official or, or unofficial?
0: Official. Official is a 1000 point speed tournament. I beat Tom Robinson in the last round. I won. I won the wow! Tw- well, A, I'm sorry I forgot that, B, congratulations, and C, if somebody runs it next year, I will play in it. You were off um, shooting people with 40k guns at the time, right?
3: Oh, that's it. Yeah, well, traditionally, I do not do tournaments at Adepticon. There's too much other stuff to do. I caved in last year and did like three tournaments, two or three tournaments, but uh, I would do Clocks of War. I would absolutely do Clocks of War. I'll say here. This,
2: you have less time per each game, right? Like you start with 45, or oh, what is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah so 45 things. minutes <laughs> on the so
3: clock.
0: It's, yeah, it's like a three or four games, you start with 30 minutes, and you go 30, 20, uh, 30, 25, 20, and 15. I love it. That'd
3: be game. great. I Super. support it. So yeah. Well, there we, we go,
0: guys. Just... So it's been another massive
1: episode. Is there anything else we want to touch on before we co- call it a call it a Mutt Monthly?
2: I think we've touched a lot of stuff and I feel like uh, I need to have our listeners take another shot if they're playing my game and mention the old world once more. But, uh, you know, old world, old world, old world. And that's three shots for you guys.
0: And on this, <laughs> have a good night. I am yeah, so Mark, stuck by this point.
2: Mark, these
1: guys... Tr- Trick me into again uh criticizing the old world it was it keeps happening i don't mean to wow. it keeps happening
3: oh i'm one looking th- forward to the episode i'm sorry i got
1: hung up at work today so but <laughs> no problem that's all Mark. one thing we haven't mentioned is i wrote an article article for dash 28 dear listener which ties in very well to our up fast a fast map campaign so uh dear listener please get over to dash 28 and read that
2: hmm yeah that's true, and mine is still a work in progress. But uh, yeah, it's good. We need more uh, written articles about stuff.
1: Yeah. So, dear listener, if you fancy, if you feel inspired, there's a topic you want to write about. You know, just uh, start putting something together and get it over to Dash Twenty Eight. I'm sure they'd appreciate the uh, the content. And uh, yeah, just get more Kings of War stuff out there, Steve other than the fact you're very drunk. What kind of whiskey are you drinking, by the way?
0: Outrageous suggestion I might be drinking while talking to uh, my fine friends. It's a very cheap blended Scotch whiskey. (laughs) Thank you for
1: asking. Oh, brilliant. Nice. In a nice paper bag or? Uh,
0: Well, you know, it's in a glass.
1: Oh, good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, um, Mark, so glad you could join us at least for the last little bit, but um, yeah, I guess this is our last m- monthly for the year, but, I, but we've got plenty more content coming, dear listener. But uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you to all, all of you uh, for being such wonderful friends and uh, being on this journey with us. Very enjoyable. And uh, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. As you know, you're always welcome. You're just you're just a very busy man with only only so much time. So uh, if <laughs> if we could, we'd have you every episode. But, uh, you know, we, we enjoy you when you're here.
0: Hello, I'm here. There we
1: go. That's the kind of razor wit we all, we've all we all grown to never <laughs> love.
0: Funny to say. I'm just glad Mark. I was just excited about Mark coming back to, to Clash next year. I can't believe it's happening twice. It's like uh, lightning struck twice. Yep, well, that's what we're year. working on. Here's the thing, Mark, is that, um unbeknownst to you, uh, is that Chris has already booked out my Orc army to someone else. Oh, well, that's okay. So hear the disappointment in his voice there, Chris. Hear the, hear the bitter betrayal. He was. That was, a, <laughs> <laughs> that was. not I was disappointed. Yes. Yeah, so um, apologies, Mark. Yes. Yeah, so my my very good friend
1: Chris. So we've been friends since we were about eight years old. Uh, we, he's he's played a couple of games of Ambush with me. Played a couple of games of Dead Zone with me. And he's he's going to come. Um. So he he obviously lives in the UK. And um. Yeah. So um. A very. We don't have Clem, but we have my friend Chris. So uh, you know. I don't want to say you've been replaced then, because that's not what's happened. But we've just found someone else to uh, to do it
2: every year, sadly.
1: You're not being Uh, replaced.
3: We just found someone else. Exactly. Exactly. That's (laughs) all right. I'll I'll go to the
0: tournament. uh, I I don't want to
1: say use the word upgrade, but.
2: uh, (laughs) 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 At least it's someone you might be able to outrank in the final uh, ranking, Chris. But no. not sure. He'll, he no, he'll lose his first cool.
1: game, and then, no, he's really smart. He'll lose his first game, and then he'll just be better at it than me for the rest of the time. That's how it, how it'll work. But no, but team up will will take the hit, Clem, because you did so well last year. But we've um we've we've got some more players in to team up. As always, we've done the classic tactic of all challenging each other for round one. So you know it's a it's sort of a civil war round one. <laughs> but um, it was really funny because I, I asked someone who was their last without mentioning names because i don't think it's fair someone that mark played last year and had a fabulous time playing with and i asked them oh yeah do you want to join our team and for next year and i said don't you know how badly i did in the rankings Oh, that doesn't... That's completely irrelevant. Come on, come and join us. So, um, yeah, so we've got some, some... So we might have to have a couple of uh, couple of different teams. So I'm thinking about doing kind of like a MUP Civil War type event. So I'm sure we'll have to organize some T-shirts and have a have a joke, like a parody Civil War among team the Muppets. Team Blue, teams. Team Red? It can be... Yeah, exactly. I mean, is it... Oh,
3: I thought ex- we were doing the Muppets and one could be the Muppet oh, Show exactly. and one exactly. could be <laughs> exactly. we'll the Muppet be the Movie or something. Exactly,
1: so. yeah. Or it might be Team... Team Fozzie Bear or something like that, but but we'll um, we, we'll have to do some ironic, you know, which is the which is the better MUP team, or it might even be which is the worst MUP team wins. I don't, know, I don't know. We'll have to think about how to do it, but it's all very exciting stuff, anyway. Steve, so Steve will be obviously troubling the top tables, you know,
0: a hundred percent. I expect MUP domination next year. Hundred percent.
1: That's that's absolutely what it'll be. Yeah, yeah. The Spanish guys, the Polish guys, they'll be shaking
0: in their boots. They will indeed, as as always.
1: Yeah. Do you think actually there may not be a, a worse player than, than me traveling? You know, for for because normally the people traveling distances for these tournaments are probably pretty good at the, these games. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with me, it's the sort of the opposite rather. But you know.
0: I think we have a, a good mixture of enthusiasts and experts, whereby we have many people who travel just for the experience, and we have people who travel trying to smash face. And uh, and and everyone in between also. So I think uh, the benefit of Clash is that it is a tournament for everyone.
2: It yeah. is. It really 200 is. 200 players this year. Yeah. Oh yeah, working.
0: Mark. Yeah, sorry, it was mentioned
1: earlier. Steve's uh, I don't know taken out some walls or something from the venue. I don't know, but he's he's going to get the um, yeah up to 200 players, which is pretty extraordinary.
3: That is pretty extraordinary. Holy smokes. I'm working on it. Yeah, we're going to be hanging from the ceiling. So, or I mean, if you can play in the bar upstairs or something like that. So, to, to be
0: to be to be discussed.
3: There'll be there'll be a few more. We're working on it.
1: Super. All right, guys. Well, that's a. Pr- this is going to be a pretty long episode as is. So, um, unless anyone's got any final thoughts, I think we ought to probably call it a, call it a MUP monthly. Goodbye. Sounds good to me.
2: Play games and. Uh... Join us for the fast grow and bring in friends. Is my final message. Perfect.
0: Thanks so much, guys. That was a lot of fun. So many times, not enough universe. What's be- <laughs> the? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the
3: monthly. And until <laughs> next time, just remember. Say. Okay. What's it <laughs> Steve, come on. So much universe, so little time. Ah,
1: nice. Perfect. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, dear listener. Cheers, guys.
2: If you, you see what I mean, we lost Chris.